RadioInfluence.com. The future is now. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, the president of Valor Fights, Tim Loy. Valor Hour, episode 100. We are live and popping. I'm your host, Tim Loy, joined by my co-host, Justin Watson. As always, we got Greg Hopkins sitting in again tonight as well. Loaded show. We're on episode 100, gentlemen. It is, uh, who, who would have thought we would have made it this far? It's uh, <laughs> well, That's a lot of episodes. Uh, it's been a good time, though, for sure. And uh, we've got a big uh, a big episode this week. A lot of things to cover. We've got, uh, of course, the, uh, the main event, if you will, will be our Valor 55 picks panel. We're going to break down the card for the Valor 55 show that is going down this uh, Friday night. So uh, when this drops, I guess the weigh-ins will be this evening. So you can check that out on the Valor Facebook page streaming live this evening from the Cotton, from the world famous Cotton Eye Joes, might I add. Uh, it is, uh, we're going to have our picks panel on a little bit later. It'll be, uh, Greg Hopkins, uh, Jeff Hobbs, Mark Laws, and our special guest this week will be David Robbins sitting in on the picks panel. Uh, we also have got interviews. We've got a really good slate of them all pertaining to this weekend. One half of the main event, Tevin Brown will be joining us. We've got, uh, Joe Bradley. He's in the co-main event. He'll be joining as well as, uh, Chloe Padilla. And we'll also chat, uh, a little bit later on, uh, in the hour with Chris Buttry, who will be in the feature bout against Rodrigo Martinez. That should be a fun one. Uh, but before we get to that, guys, we have got to recap uh, the weekend that was. It was a little bit of a slower MMA weekend. We had Bellator 214, big show for them. Out in California, it was the uh, finale of their big Grand Prix, and um, it was a tale of three different weekends from our perspective as far as the picks go. Uh, we'll get into that as well as uh, a brief overview of the uh, e- the ESPN Plus UFC card this weekend in Brazil. Not their strongest offering, in my opinion, but we'll see if we can find some value uh, wherever we can. Uh, Greg, man, you ready for this weekend? We've got uh, we've got Valor Fifty Five. You're going to be uh, back in the commentary booth, giving it another go. Uh, you pumped? Yeah, I'm ready. Justin, of course, will be cage side judging the fights as always. Uh, pretty interesting card. You excited for it, Justin? Yeah, man, ready to get in the car and head that way. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Definitely be good to uh, to uh, see you guys here uh, tomorrow. I guess it'll be uh, by the time this thing drops. Uh, let's get into Bellator 214, shall we? Five fight card. We had nothing of note really on the prelims uh, besides the AJ Agazarm guy. He lost uh, a bit of an upset there, I think. But um, otherwise, uh, nothing too much uh, of note. Uh, the main card started off with an unlined fight that was still a fight that was of interest to us as our local boy out here from East Tennessee, Brandon McMahon, made his Bellator debut, takes a fight on short notice against the uh, the guy that they're really pushing, Adele Altamimi. Uh, great story there. If you haven't uh, heard it, I would suggest looking into it. It's really, really crazy. Uh, awe-inspiring, though. And uh, it was a quick fight. You know, uh, Brandon uh, wasn't able to stave off a very quick submission attempt, and, um, and he ends up getting submitted in the very first round uh, by Altamimi, and uh, and uh, unfortunately uh, he drops his Bellator debut. No uh, no line on that fight, unfortunately, so we weren't able to get a bet on it. Uh, but before we get into the other fights, uh, what did you think of uh, our hometown guy's uh, Bellator debut? Uh, Justin, anything to hang his head over? Good performance? Uh, you know, what, what did you think? No, nah, man, I mean, uh, short notice, you know, he went out there and, and 
gave it everything he had. He was he was way outsized, um, you know, fighting in a weight class above what he normally fights at. Um, but you know, he held true to himself and you know went out there and and fought hard. Um, he just got caught. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, he was actually in a decent position, but uh, Altamimi's just a really good grappler, you know. I thought that uh, he really snagged that thing up quick. Congratulations to him. Hopefully Brandon gets maybe another shot down the road there since he stepped up on short notice uh, for them. Uh, on to the, uh, the fights that we did have uh, lines on. We had one Archuleta defeating Ricky Bandejas by unanimous decision. Uh, Archuleta was the favorite there. All three of us on the panel took Ricky Bandejas uh, in this one. Uh, we like that plus money and unfortunately he, he lost that decision not a bad fight not a bad showing uh but unfortunately we all we all dropped on that one and then uh, jake hager the former jack swagger of wwe makes his uh his highly anticipated mma debut runs through jw kaiser with an arm triangle in the first round very one-sided there uh your thoughts on these first couple uh fights here greg uh the jack swagger fight uh i enjoyed actually watching a former oklahoma wrestler get out there and tear it up um i don't i was watching the lines on him too and we were we were discussing why whatever so wishy-washy and everything but uh, i couldn't get my bed in on time you know for that one but uh uh i enjoyed that bout uh the one prior to that was a good showing uh he uh he snatched. I'm sorry, guys. He snatched that arm bar up. I'm sitting here looking at it online right now, and I've got we've got so much stuff tonight. I've got all my notes. In front of <laughs> I really do. I've got so much going on. Uh, yeah, dude. Me, me and him went to the same college too, and I and dude, we're both the same age. And I'm wondering how we never crossed paths at uh, Carson Newman before. That is wild. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, neither, uh, uh, well, I'm sorry, actually, both Greg and I uh, took uh, Jake Hager there. I took him big. I went 20 units and easily cashed on that at minus 400 to get five units. Uh, Greg put 10 units down on Swagger, got back two and a half, and Justin left that one alone. Uh, the co-main event was the big upset, man. Henry Corrales knocks out Aaron Pico in the first round. Pico was a really big favorite, you know. Uh, you uh, both, uh, well, actually, I left that one alone, Greg. Greg took uh, Pico with a parlay with Swagger and lost 21 units. That was the death of him. Um, and uh, Justin actually was the the smart guy here. He went 10 units on Henry Corrales uh, at plus 385, cashes out 38 and a half units. Uh, man, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm almost flabbergasted. I really would not have called a, a Corrales uh, KO like that. Uh, Justin, your thoughts? It blew me away that Corrales was that big of an underdog, to be honest. He was sick. 16 and three, you know, Aaron Pico was four and one or something. Uh, all those fights in Bellator, but not against anybody, you know, very good. Um, and, you know, Krause has, has fought some decent competition, um, you know, and, and done, you know, done well, <clears throat> um, you know, training out of the MMA lab, you know, we know some guys over there and, um, they, they get, they get after it. So, uh, you know, I, I thought it was crazy not to not to throw some money on on Corrales, and then, you know, the sequence that that ended the fight was was wild too. Henry Corrales got got hit with a big uppercut, went down. You know, he was wobbled, but fought through it and just landed a huge left hand. And Aaron Pico was out cold. Yeah, man, that was uh, that was definitely. Uh, whew, I think that did, turned a lot of heads. Uh, surprise for you there, huh, Greg? Uh, yeah, not only did I put him in a parlay with Swagger, I also parlayed uh, him with Bader and Swagger and all and all three 
fights in in the first round, and it was a really nice payday for a six fighter part, like a little six parlayer. And uh, yeah, Pico screwed it up for me. I, I just don't understand why you wouldn't just jump on a vulnerable opponent with his neck wide open to the guillotine right there. It was just, but he's just he's still young. He's got a lot of growing to do. He was looking for that KO, that KO highlight real knockout with his uh, his left hook to the ribs. He likes that. He likes that shot a lot. And uh, me and you were talking before the fight, and I said I really like it, but he leaves himself open quite a bit. And you know he did. He left his he left his head open when he was going. He just kept repetitively going for it. But he got he was getting tagged multiple times throughout that duration, and he didn't show it that he was feeling them. And um, well, he, oh, sure, yes. he felt he, he showed the last one though. You know. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. That was uh, that, you know, and he came out, and I thought he he had he had corrals beat. You know, I thought it was done, and he just got a little wild. He got he was all about uh, he was all about that knockout. He was all in on it, and and you know, you live and you learn. Uh, that's what they say. You know, you either lose or you learn. So uh, that brought us to the main event, and we had another first round finish. Uh, Thirty five seconds is all it took for Ryan Bader. To, uh, to to win it all. He, he takes the Grand Prix. He's the champion, uh, two-division champion, 205 and heavyweight. Knocks out the the last emperor, Fedor Emelianenko. Uh, I think there was probably a lot of people out there that were kind of, uh, you know, the nostalgic, I suppose, uh, really hoping that Fedor would get that win. Unfortunately, though, uh, Bader is just, uh, you know, He's just the next generation type athlete, so well rounded, and, uh, and Fedor on his uh, probably on his last legs there. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get one more over in Russia. Uh, but as far as the picks go um, for for that particular one, uh, you know, I left that one alone. Uh, actually, all three of us, we all left it alone. Nobody, nobody touched that one, so nobody got in on that Bader action. Still, your thoughts on uh, the quick win for Bader, Justin? Um, I, I did, definitely didn't see it happening like that. It was the exact same left hand that he hit, that he hit King Mo with, uh, knocked King Mo out in like 15, 20 seconds and, and did Vader in 38 or whatever it was, or Fedor in 38 or whatever it was. Um, you know, Fedor was leaking pretty good from one of the shots that he took on the ground afterwards, but the the lead left hook that, that dropped him was not that big of a shot. It was, you know, kind of surprising that it, that it caught him like that, but you know, same same exact punch dropped King Mo too. So, I guess it's just you know the timing and, and the accuracy of it. Um, but I, I don't see Ryan Bader, um, you know, going anywhere for a while at light heavyweight or heavyweight uh, in Bellator. Greg, anybody out there you think that can give uh, Bader a run for their money on the Bellator roster currently? At this moment, no. I mean, the guy went through the whole tree without getting hit. Did he? Hell, and nobody could yeah, touch. Yeah, seems him. like it. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't. No, not right now. I mean, something's got to happen. Who we got? I mean, he Metrioni went right through him. It's, I mean, there's. I mean, hello. Yeah, I, mean, I can't really think. Of, I can't really think of anything too good either, man. They, we may have to see some, maybe see some free agent signings or something down the road. But uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. He's kind of kind of the king king of those Bellator streets right now. Uh, when it all when the dust settled, um, as far as our picks go. Um, of course, we all started with 100 units. We were starting fresh. I had Jack Swagger for 20 units, got five units uh, back on that, minus 400, but lost it on Ricky Bandejas. 
So uh, I ended up breaking exactly even uh, with 100 units still left for me. Uh, Greg wins two and a half units on Jack Swagger, loses 21 units on the parlay with him and Pico, and then another 10 units on Bandejas. So he uh, finishes negative 28 and a half units for the week and is at 71 and a half going into this week. And Justin has, is the big winner, loses 10 units on Bandejas, but gets 38 and a half of them uh, with a win on Corrales. So he ends up with 28 and a half to the good. And he is up 128 and a half uh, unit. Well, I guess he's up 28 and a half units, but he has 128 and a half units total. So uh, absolutely as uh, opposite of results as you could have expected. You know, you've got a guy that's even, a guy that won exactly 28 units, and a guy that lost exactly 28 units. So interesting how that works out, huh? Yeah. Um, so let's get into UFC, man. This is not my favorite card. Of course, we've got the Valor event coming up this weekend, so not, I haven't had uh, nearly as much time to kind of look it over and, and see, uh, you know, what, who a lot of these guys are. There's a lot of people I just don't know. Uh, I just don't know them. And uh, so, uh, you know, we, we're going to have to tread lightly here. This is has the makings of one of those trap cards that we all generally have uh, – just absolutely gotten our ass kicked on. So I think we're gonna. I think towards the top of the card, there's some pretty good, some pretty good uh, people to, that we know, uh, you know. But as far as at the bottom of the card, we'll see. Uh, man, we'll see. Uh, we'll dive on into it, guys. I'm 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 gonna first. Uh, let's we'll knock out the uh, the prelims. Everything's on ESPN Plus, by the way. Now this is Saturday, February the second. It's UFC on ESPN Plus number two. And uh, we start off with uh, Geraldo de Freitas at minus 130 over Felipe Calaris, plus 110. Um, don't know either one of these guys. I don't think any of us have any interest in that fight. Uh, then we have um, Magomed Bibulatov. He's minus 470 over uh, Rogerio Bontorin, who's plus 375. I think the uh, Bulatov is probably, I think I've heard he's pretty good, but at minus 470 in Brazil, I don't want to do it and neither do any, either of my panelists. Uh, Ricardo Ramos minus 120 over Saeed Nurmagomedov, who's plus 100. We're all passing on that one too. Now this next one, we get into one where, where uh, Justin's got to play heavyweights. It is the UFC debut of the 6-0 Yairzinho Rosenstreich. I've probably butchered that. And he's taken on Junior Albini, uh, who and who has been less than impressive, to tell you the truth. Uh, but uh, he is the Brazilian. And uh, Jairzinho is from Suriname. And I don't know that I've ever heard of any MMA fighters from Suriname. Uh, my family is from French Guiana, which is like a neighboring country of Suriname. And it's just they're just tiny little just little shit countries, <laughs> you know. I mean, there, I, I don't. There's certainly probably no MMA scene there. Anywho, minus uh, 120. Alba, uh, Junior Albini's minus 120. Uh, is uh, even money, plus 100. Uh, Justin. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Junior Albini. He's not. He's not shown the greatest, um, but he's 14 and four overall. I mean, he's been. He's got a lot of fights under his belt. You know, compared to a guy who's five and zero. You know. I definitely think that Albini is the guy that they're pushing here. Um, you know, I think the line should be a little, little wider than that. Um, you know, his only losses were Arlovsky and Olenek. I mean, those are you know, two top ten, top fifteen guys. True. And and this this is you know, you know, a, 
a promotional newcomer. So um, I, I think it's good money on, on Albini in this one. Um, Greg is passing on this one. I, I honestly it, it kind of can get on board with this Albini one just because of the what is has to be less than stellar competition that Rosenstreich is against has been against. And yeah, I'll give you, you're right. Albini has been in there with uh, you know pretty good competition, even though he's lost and he's at home. I'm going to go with you, man. Uh, you, you're how many units were you going on Albini? Five. Five units on Albini minus one twenty. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow suit. Actually, I'm gonna also go five units uh, on Junior Albini uh, minus uh, one twenty because uh, because I just the exact same reason that you gave. Honestly, I just think that the experience being at home, uh, you know, I think that is that's gonna be uh, the deciding factor there. Uh, so we're both gonna go five units there. Uh, moving on uh, into the prelims here on uh, ESPN Plus, we have Max Griffin taking. Taking on Tiago Alves. Griffin is minus 200. Alves is plus 170. Now we got some guys we know a little bit. This one could be a really fun fight. Greg, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, on this side right here, you got both fighters are coming off of a loss, and uh, you're looking at Tiago Alves looking at uh, facing his third loss, and maybe his, I, I don't know his, how his contract says. Justin might know, but um, he, uh, if he loses his third one, there's a good chance he might be out of the UFC. Uh, he's got a lot to fight for there, uh, but unfortunately for him, I don't think that uh, he's gonna uh, he's gonna beat Max Griffin. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put five units on Max Griffin. I don't what is what is his odds right now? He's minus two hundred. Minus two hundred. Minus two hundred right yeah. now. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, let's see. Well, let's go. Uh, let's go ten units on. On Max Griffin right there. Ten units on Max Griffin to put the nail in the coffin of Tiago Alves. Justin, you've got a differing opinion. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Tiago Alves. I just think, you know, again, the age and experience Max Griffin is gonna bring the style of fight that works best for for Tiago Alves style. Um, you know, so I I look to see uh Tiago get a big knockout and a big win here. I'm gonna hey, do five units five on Tiago. Five units plus 170 there on Tiago Alves. I'm going to leave this one alone because I really could see it going either way. I think both guys are going to be fighting hard. Alves is in Brazil. You know, it's hard to fade Brazilian fighters in Brazil. Um, up next, we have, t- uh, t- uh, I guess, let's see, it's a Taylor Santos minus 165 against Mara Romero Barella. That is a fighter we have seen before, but I, I really can't recall being like overly impressed. Um, I don't think that any of our panelists have have a play on uh, either of these ladies, uh, unless I'm wrong. Uh, did, 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 neither one of y'all like, like this fight, did you? What are the odds on it? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Taylor Santos is minus 165. Mara Romero Barella is plus 145. I would throw uh, 10 units on Santos just because she's 15 and 0 going against you know an 11 and 5 opponent. She's from Brazil, um, so I think it's kind of you know just a, a can for her. Minus one to see five for Taylor Santos. Justin goes 10 units uh, on that one. Uh, moving on now uh, to the final fight of the prelims, from what I gather, before we get to the main card. It is Anthony Hernandez, minus 160, taking on Marcus Perez, plus 140. We saw Marcus Perez fight Eric Anders one time. I remember that. Uh, Greg, uh, you've got to play on this one. Uh I was gonna make a play on it, but I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna pass on this one, and I'm gonna put another play on a, a separate fight later on. 
Okay, Justin, you're passing on this one as well, if I can recall. Yeah, no play here. And no play for me either. Uh, moving to the main card, uh, still on ESPN+, Plus, but I guess these get a little bit more attention. Uh, we have uh, Sarah Frota taking on Livia Hinata Souza. Now, we've seen her. She's pretty good. Uh, it, Livia or Hinata Souza is minus 220. Frota plus 180. I'm not familiar with Souza. I'm sorry, I'm not f- familiar with Frota at all. Souza, I've been very impressed with. Uh, either both you gentlemen uh, were passing on this one. Yeah, nothing for me. Yeah, for passing also. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, I, I just don't know Frota, but I but I've just been so impressed with Souza, honestly, that I'm just going to sh- take a shot in the dark. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go ten units on uh, on Souza here, uh, minus two twenty, and. Uh, you know, this is really just degenerate play, to tell you the truth, because uh, <laughs> she could, the girl she's fighting could just be an absolute killer, for all I know. But I know Susan's pretty good. Uh, next fight. Now, this one, I think uh, we've, we all got burnt on this guy the last time, if I can recall. But Johnny Walker, the Brazilian Johnny Walker, takes on Justin Ledette. Johnny Walker minus 210, with depth plus 175. One thing we learned last time is that I, I, I feel like Walker was like a huge underdog, and, he's, and he ended up being just like a major fucking hitter. Isn't that right, Greg? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Are we, are we going to me on this one right here? Yeah, today? yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. Uh, uh, yeah, Johnny Walker. We did. He ended up knocking it. Was it Roundtree fought last time? Yeah, yeah, and Roundtree was a – if I can recall, Roundtree was like minus 400 or better. Right, yeah, it's hard to – it's hard to bet against him right now. He's uh, coming off of a, a Jim Miller. Well, who's a uh, who's uh, uh, I'm sorry, I, I got them mixed up now. Uh, all the hold on a second. Johnny Walker. Sorry, I'm looking at uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm looking at Oliveira right now, and uh, I just we'll I, talk I literally about him next. <laughs> huh? So we'll talk about him next. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to check. I didn't mean to do that. I'm sitting here looking at uh. Johnny Walker's. I was talking about Johnny Walker, but then I was trying to look at Justin Ledet's uh, lineup right here and how he's done. But I mean, he's got the only reason I really want to take him overall is because, like you said earlier, he's going to Brazil. He's fighting in Brazil. It's a hostile environment, and if you're going in there and you're fighting a guy that's uh, nine and one, is he or is just, what is Johnny Walker? What is his record? I think it sounds about he's fourteen. What is he? Fifteen and three. Fifteen and three. Okay. Fifteen and three. Oh, he's fifteen and three. Okay, yeah. uh, you got you gonna find a guy that's fifteen and three in Brazil. I don't think that. I don't think the Johnny. <sighs> Let's just go for Johnny Walker Hart. I'm gonna go heavy on him. What is his? What is his? What is his odds down there? He's minus two ten. Jesus. And what would? I wish we could remember what his odds were when he when he last fought. He was like plus. Him. I know that. Uh, oh, I can tell you pretty quick. Actually, he was. He was. Um, I know that Roundtree was the favorite, and Roundtree was minus two eighty five. So he wasn't as heavy as I thought. I was thinking he was over th- like 400 or something. But still, he was in, around still. minus 285 and Walker murked him. So Walker's what for this spot right here? He's what did you say? He's two? He's minus 210. Minus 210. Well, then let's put – I want to put 21 units on him this time. Actually, I'm sorry. Is there is there an under? Is there an, What is the under number? Do we have the totals? Oh, um, let me look here. Okay, yeah, there is a total. Two and a half is the total. Uh, under two and a half is minus 145 and over two and a half is plus 115. Over is plus 150? 115. I like the uh, 115. I like the under. I like the under one and a half at 145, minus 145 for uh, let's do 14 and a half units. 14 and a half units on the under two and a half 
rounds um, for Greg Hopkins. Uh, let's see. So that would be um, that would be that would pay back to, uh, to ten units. Actually, that's easy enough. Fourteen and a half pays back. Uh, 10 units on the under. Um, I kind of like that play. Ledette is definitely, you know, he's a boxer type guy that's going to stand with him, I think. And and that's going to provide a a good opportunity for somebody to get knocked out because they're hitters. Uh, Justin, your thoughts? Yeah, I got to go with Johnny Walker on this one too. Um, I'm going to throw 10 units on him and I'm going to take that under also. Uh, I don't think, I think uh, Ledette's not going to make it very long. Walker's just nasty. Uh, I'm gonna throw ten on the on the under, and that is at minus. Uh, we'll see the under. We just said is minus one forty five. So uh, ten units at minus one forty five there. And man, I can't I can't not be a part of this either. I'm gonna make it unanimous. I'm also gonna go <laughs> that under two and a half, um, uh, and I'm gonna go ten units uh, on the on the under two and a half for for Walker as well. Uh, I think somebody's going to get knocked out. Most likely, if you have a chance to play Walker inside the distance, that's probably the, the best play because I think that's what's what's going to happen. Um, so let's see. That is uh, a unanimous, unanimous there for uh, for the panel. Uh, moving on, we have uh, Charles Oliveira taking on David Tamer. Oliveira is minus 115. Tamer minus 105. Really closely lined fight here. Uh, Justin, uh, any, any play for you here? Um. I want to throw uh, Oliver in a parlay here in a little bit that I'll, okay. I'll start with with Marias, but um, I'm looking forward to seeing Oliver come out. You know, now he holds the record for most submissions, and um, I think Tamer is a is a good opponent for him to to snatch another one on. Tamer's undefeated, didn't he? No, he's got one loss. Oh, does he? Okay, uh, so we'll, he's only we'll got nine fights though. We'll come back to your parlay there. We'll see how good Tamer's takedown defense is because I don't think he's going to be real easy to take down. Greg, your thoughts? Uh, no, I'm going to pass on that one too. I was trying to look over it while we was talking about Johnny Walker, and uh, that's why I got confused back there. I'm sorry. But no, no play on me for Oliver at all. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass as well. This is gonna be one of the better fights, though. Uh, moving on to the feature bout, the top three fights here. We get into some pretty good stuff here. Uh, Damian Maya minus one seventy five over Lyman Good plus one fifty five. I think that there's crazy good value on Lyman Good here. Uh, I mean, he's gonna be very hard to take down for Maya, and he has like crushing power. I think that we could see him knock Maya out here, um, and Maya is really gonna struggle. I think to get him to the ground. And I'm gonna go ten units on Lyman good plus 155 um justin were you were passing on this one yeah no straight play on that one for me and uh greg you're passing as well yes i'm passing but i wanted to talk about this fight a little bit with talk Daniel, about it. because all he does is he just goes for the takedown he doesn't really like to stand in exchange because all he's going to do the whole time with lyman good and lyman good's got that just he's just going to knock the shit out of people he's just knocking <laughs> the hell out of people power it's really and that's it scares me to do this but uh i've got a I'm gonna have him in my uh, in my DraftKings lineup, and I was gonna. Uh, what is Damian Maya's odds right here in this spot? Minus one seventy five. Man, see that's what I'm saying. He's he's so he's so capable of getting knocked out in this spot, and and I'm sure there's a lot of good value on Lyman Good this spot. But I'm gonna if he's if he's seventeen, I'm just I'm gonna put a uh, let's see here eight and a half. I'm gonna put eight and a half units on Maya. Eight and a half units on Damian Maya to beat Lyman Good, Greg says. Um, you think he's going to submit him? That's what I think. And if he, it, 
if he doesn't, it's just going to be uh, it's just going to it's just going to be Lyman Good hitting uppercuts and kicking him and kneeing him in the face just over and over again the whole the whole fight. And he may not knock out Damian Maya. He may just keep tagging him the whole fight. It may be one of those fights. I don't know. But if yeah. he if he can manage to get Lyman Good on the ground and hold him down, if he can hold him down, then he's yeah, he's going to submit him. Okay. Uh, well, I can see that as well, but I, I really think good. I, I think good gets the knockout here, and I think the money, the 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 odds coming back at plus one fifty five is very appealing. Co-main event: Jose Aldo taking on Hinato Moicano. This is a good one. Submission specialist Hinato Moicano minus one thirty five, the favorite over the legend Jose Aldo. Uh, Greg, any play here? Yeah, I'm gonna take. Uh, no, actually, I've just changed my mind. I'm not gonna play on this. Oh, I was. I was favoring Aldo just because, I mean, I like Aldo, and I, I just feel like I'd be biased to be going against, uh, going against him. They're both from Brazil. It's gonna be, a, it's gonna be a hopped up fight over there. It's not, it's, it's not a whole lot of. Uh, is there a whole lot of promotion over here for this fight? I mean, I haven't really seen a whole lot for it, but I just don't know if they hop them and gas them up as much over there in Brazil as they do here. I don't know what the atmosphere is like over there. I'm sure it's different, but uh, no play here. And because uh, I was gonna change my Anthony Hernandez. Uh, the one, the, the one I was gonna make a play on earlier because he's like he's coming out of uh, California and whatnot. That's there's I had a lot on him that I wanted to go over, but I just decided not to make the play on him at last minute. And I'm not gonna make a play on this Aldo fight either. Justin, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and take Aldo on this one for five units. Can't fade him. Jose Aldo plus one fifteen, five units for Justin. I can't play this fight. I would lean the other way to tell you the truth. Um, Although all those finally maybe turn, I mean, you know, he he's coming off a win off this last his last one over Jeremy Stevens, I think, but I just can't do it. Main event rematch: Marlon Marais taking on Rafael Asuncao. Uh, they fought before, I I believe. Uh, Asuncao won the first one, I think. Uh, yeah. Marais is minus one sixty five. Uh, Asuncao plus one forty five. So even though Asuncao won the first one, he's still the underdog here, Justin. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna take Marais. I'm gonna also put him in a parlay, but. Um, I'm going to take Marias straight for five units. Marias minus 165, uh, five units. Uh, Greg? No, I'm not going to make no play on the main event, but if y'all let me, I was going to go back and put something on Angie Hernandez. Sure. All right. Uh, the reason I was going to do that, I'm sorry. I'm just The reason I was going to do that is because he's coming out of California. He's 25 years old. Uh, he hasn't made it, I don't think, out of the first round as a professional fighter. Um I think even as an amateur, he only went to the second round once, and it was like 43 seconds into it, and he won via armbar. But he's a – I think he's a, a great knockout artist. I'm anxious to see if he goes into the second round and see how his, uh, see how his composure, you know, for his stamina and everything can go after – you know, he's always a one-round finisher. I'm just anxious to see if it goes further than that, if he can knock out Perez. So I'm going to put uh, – I'm going to see what – what are his odds, Perez and uh, – Hernandez is minus one sixty. Hernandez is minus one sixty. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go sixteen units on on Hernandez. Sixteen units for Hernandez trying to get back ten. Um, okay. And and Greg said he did not want to play anything on the main event. Justin, I'm gonna let you get back on that parlay uh, that you had for the evening. Uh, you want to let me know what that is? Okay. I'm gonna do Oliveira, Marias. Maya, Walker, and Albany for 10 units. 
So that is Charles Oliveira, Marlon Marais, Maya, Walker, and Albini. That is a, uh, a five-man parlay. It pays at 1175 1175 right. and uh, you said five units? No, ten. Ten units. Oh, my. You trying to you're trying to you're trying to break the bank here. Trying to drown you. I hear you, man. You, you, you could you could get up and have everybody crazy with something like this. I uh, am going to leave all my my stuff be. I'm done with it all. I, I'm I'm not going to go out there and risk myself too too bad this weekend because I'm just I'm certainly unsure. Uh, I appreciate you guys as always uh, giving your insight here. We'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, again, that's UFC on ESPN Plus Two this uh, this Saturday night. We'll see how uh, how it goes down, man. Uh, Justin, we'll let you go as we get ready to uh, dive into some interviews, man. Uh, we'll see you this weekend. All right, man. See you all in a couple of days. All right. Our first guest on the line tonight is one half of the main event. It's going down tomorrow night. It's uh, at, it's a Valor 55 main event for the vacant 170 championship. I've got bad time Tevin Brown on the line with us tonight. So he gets ready to uh, take on a rematch against Trevor Peak, a fight that was one of our fight of the year candidates last year. Uh, Tevin, how's it going, my man? All right, things going pretty good, man. How about y'all? Doing great, doing great. Always, always good to hear from you. Uh, you know, it's been it's been a few months since we last spoke to you before your last fight. Of course, you were victorious in that one, and uh, now moving on to your biggest one. Yeah, your this will be your first headliner, uh, taking on a guy that you know is is tough, a guy that you know is going to give you a good war out there, a, a main event worthy fight, if you will, uh, going for your first piece of hardware, that 170 strap, uh, you know, talk a little bit about uh, how you're feeling going in uh, to this to this fight, you know, last time we saw you, I want to say it was the summer, uh, I guess it was August, maybe, uh, is what I feel like, uh, so, you know, you've had a good, uh, you've had the winter off, if you will, I saw you out and about at events, it, you were, it looks like you would, you would you'd put on a little bit of a winter coat, but uh, that's, uh, you, but you started to shed, but I saw you last week, too, and at the Coliseum, and it looks like you've shed that winter coat some. How are you feeling, my man? Oh, man, I'm feeling good, man. Feeling real good. Uh, you know, like you said, first headliner, you know, first title shot. So, you know, I'm just ready to get that belt around my waist. But, you know, I fought Trevor before, and, you know, first time we fought, man, we went at it. It was a good fight. He's a tough guy. So, you know, I expect nothing less from him. But, you know, I know I learned a lot from that fight. And, you know, he probably has a way. I worked on a lot of stuff. So, you know, when we get back in there, you know, it's going to be another big one. No doubt, man. And I think everybody's really excited because we just we everybody knows, uh, you know, what we can expect from this. I think you guys have both gotten even better uh, since then. You know, uh, he's won a couple big fights. Uh, he's uh, showed off uh, some improved wrestling, takedown defense, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, so I think it's it's definitely got the makings of just an absolute war. Uh, I've got Greg Hopkins on the line with me. He's a guy that's familiar with both of you guys. Uh, Greg, what you got for Tevin? Hey, Tevin, what's up, brother? Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, brother, you're four and one right now, and you're going to fight Trevor Peake for the Valor Welterweight title. Uh, I just want to ask you a couple questions, man. And they, some of them don't even pertain to the fight, but uh, uh, your nickname. How long have you had it, and who gave it to you? Oh, bad time. Uh, well, I got it from my coaches. Uh, we were. It was. I probably had it. I want to say probably since I start had my first fight in sixteen, but. You know, we just never said it while I was fighting. You know, it was at, at the gym one day. You know, we were doing some sparring, and um, 
uh, you know, me and another guy, you know, just kind of going at it. And then I was like, yeah, it's a bad time for him. And it just stuck with me, I guess, from there. <laughs> I like it. Uh, another thing I was going to ask you: last time you uh, you you guys fought, you and Trevor fought. Um, I noticed uh, Trevor uh, he went through a bad time when you lifted him up. You know when you went for that takedown, and uh, like right there, uh, at, do you do you plan on implementing more takedowns and, and this and more grappling in this fight? Or I mean, do you want to even give away your mulligan or anything? Do you want to tell us anything about that? Or your what are you planning to do or anything like that? I mean, with the take. Oh. You know, if a takedown's there, you know, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to whatever gets me the advantage. That's what I'm going to do. So if I see another takedown or open shot, you know, I might go for it. But, you know, first part, just try to see how it is on the feet, how the stand-up is, and, you know, I guess kind of just go from there. So, you know, you go. you've got you've got a, a pretty, you know, you're you're a big welterweight. I've got to say, like, seeing you out and about, you – you're you're a big guy, you know. You you cut a lot of yeah. weight to get to 170. Uh, how's that going for you, man? Is everything you know? We come out of the holidays, so uh, hopefully it hasn't been. Uh, you were still able to partake in Christmas and Thanksgiving and all that stuff. Uh, you know, is the weight cut on 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 pace? I know by the time this thing drops, which will be uh, Thursday morning when it posts, you'll be weighing in tonight, essentially, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Since uh, when the people hear this, it'll be Thursday. Oh, yeah, weight cut's been going pretty good, especially, you know, since it's for a title. Uh, you know, I'm just pumped and just, you know, ready to get in there. So you probably got, uh, I don't know, maybe three, four more pounds to go. So I can probably, you know, hit a treadmill, get that off, maybe some of the, the rest of it off. But, you know, I'm feeling great. So, uh, you know, of course, we have to bring it up every time. And I, I know you may get sick of it from time to time. But, you know, you are the, the nephew of the great Quentin Rampage Jackson. Has he had any words of wisdom for you going into your first title fight, first headliner? He's been there, done that on the grandest of stages, title fights, headliners. Uh, any words of wisdom from uh, from Rampage? Yeah, uh, I talked to him a little bit about it. And, you know, he just tell him, you know, going there. Stay calm and um, just make sure, you know, I do what I do best. You know, don't try to, you know, uh, I guess go away from the script and just try to do something crazy to get a win or a highlight. Just, you know, do your fight and get the win. So, uh, you know, before we let you go, I want to let you get some shout outs where they're due. Uh, any sponsors, training partners, uh, and, and any love you want to give like that. And where uh, fans can follow you on social media as well as we get that built up. I know uh, you, you're not too far away from making that pro leap as well. Uh, so uh, give give uh, give the love where, where you where you want, my man. All right. Well, of course, you know, just shout out to my team and the Kings, uh, Dylan. Jacob, my coaches Ed, Jeremy, uh, Tyler Hundley. Um, shout out to Shield Systems and Scott. You know they've been helping us out. We've been doing some cross training down there. Uh, Comeback Corner. Uh, shout out to them. They got great um, uh, fight gear and equipment. Uh, unbreakable mouthpieces. Big block bullets down in West Tennessee. Uh, you know, shout out to them. And that's about it. And I guess social media, you can follow me, Instagram, Bad Time Brown, or Bad Time For Real, I'm sorry. So it's Bad Time, the number four, and then Real. And then Facebook is, you know, just my name, Tevin Brown. 
This has been Tevin Brown, one half of your main event. It's going down tomorrow night, Valor 55. Fight night at the Joe, number two. He'll be taking on Trevor Peak for that vacant 170 strap for uh, for Valor. And, uh, man, it's going to be a good one. If you, if you can make it there, it's at the Cotton Eye Joe. Uh, we'll get started at 6 o'clock that night. If you can't, we'll be live streaming on the Valor Facebook page and the Valor Twitch page. So uh, make sure you tune in and see uh, one of the area's uh, t- you know top fighters at this point uh, take on a guy that is, has already proven uh, to give him all he wants. So, uh, you know, great, great, great luck to you this weekend, Tevin. We appreciate you taking the time. We'll see you here uh, here a little bit later. All right, man. Thank you. Up next on the line, we got one of one of my favorite prospects in the area, Chris Buttry on the line with us. Chris No Love Buttry, that is. Uh, he'll be returning to cage uh, tomorrow night. It's Valor 55 going down to Cotton Eye Joe. He's going to be in the feature bout, and he's going to be taking on a very tough Rodrigo Martinez, a guy that we saw uh, fight at the shed here this past summer in what was one of the craziest fights I've ever seen, uh, without a doubt. And Chris is always in some crazy fights himself. Man, Chris, how are you? I'm pretty good, man. How are you guys? Doing great, man. Doing great. We appreciate you taking a little bit of time out before uh, we get ready for weigh-ins. Of course, uh, when this uh, when this interview drops, it will be the day of weigh-ins. Uh, so uh, Chris will be weighing in this evening. Uh, talk a little bit about your preparation for this one, buddy. It's been it's been a minute since you've been in there for MMA. Uh, you're you're taking on a guy with a similar record to yourself, and and a guy that has uh, shown a propensity to to want to bang. And you know, if you see Chris Butchery fight, you know Chris Butchery likes to bang. Yeah, definitely, man. I love to bang. I love to throw the hands. I like I like a stand up fight. I think ground fighting is kind of boring. I think people pay good money to see an actual fight. And you know, have a lot of respect for the ground. Have a lot of respect for wrestling and jujitsu. But you know, I'm a stand up kind of guy. But you know, I've been training for everything. So at this point, you know, a fight to fight. It goes to the ground, and I'll be okay. It's standing up, and you know. It's going to be an early night for one of us. No doubt, man. And, you know, whenever I put this one together, I, I knew that we would have good action because, uh, like I said, you're a guy that, that really likes to that really likes to throw that leather. Uh, Rodrigo, same way. Uh, I think that uh, it will be unlikely that we see either one of you guys go for a shot. But you'll both be prepared, I know, if that does happen. Uh, Greg, uh, you, you've seen Chris fight a couple times, I'm sure. Y'all have been on cards in the past. Uh, what you got for him? Uh, I would. I, you actually asked what I was wanting to ask. I was just wondering about his preparation for the fight and how things have, how things have been going for him since his last two fights. I know that you've come off a couple tough ones your last uh, couple of bouts, but uh, I mean you were on a pretty good run to start. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm just wondering how you're going to turn that around. What have you done different in your training uh, that that's going to switch this whole gig up for you? Yeah, good question. Yeah, man, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I have two losses back to back to the same guy. Uh, I kind of took the fight on a short hours notice and uh, you know, went three rounds with a, with a very, very, very tall opponent that I had no idea what he looked like, who he was, no type of background about the kid, took the fight, and then uh, turned around and fought again like a month later. I didn't prepare you know, quick enough, went enough time for me. But, you know, it was two fights, two three-round fights, lost yeah. the same, same guy. Same thing. He got my back. So, you know, I joined the jiu-jitsu school and uh, really worked my back, really worked how to to get in better positions and get back to my feet where I'm comfortable at. So, you know, I've been preparing with some of the best strikers in the area, you know, Dylan O'Sullivan, Judd Brown, 
for groundwork, I've been training with some good people. I went to Bushido a few times. I've been to Newport and trained with John Hall and those guys. I've been to Donnie D. Ward up in uh, Keysport at his new gym. And he's got a really good program up there that he's putting us through. So, you know, I've just been, been trying to work my game all around. Uh, mainly the biggest thing for me has been my downset is uh, cardio, strength conditioning. So I've really turned up on that. And i uh, just glad to glad where I feel. feel good. I feel okay. Where I'm ready to go. Yeah, I'm glad you uh, mentioned that because that was going to be the next question I asked you because it seems like you had two, three-round fights, right, with the same guy. I mean, if you're going three rounds, you're obviously doing something right, and you guys are pretty evenly matched. And then the third round, you said he got your back both times. Uh, it's, you yes, know, it might have been did. due to, you know, your, it was. It was due to your, your conditioning. So that's what I was going to ask you next. What different, like, as far as running and, you know, it, it just, it's just going live. Like, what have you guys been doing? Have you switched that up? How many times a week are you fighting? How many times a week are you are you are you uh, like cross training doing this other thing? What all you just I mean you just mentioned a whole lot of gyms. That's what makes me think you're cross training with a bunch of different people. Yeah, man, I'm in a bad area. Largestville, Tennessee is kind of between Morristown, Kingsport, Johnson City, and Knoxville, and those kind of areas. So where I'm at, there's not a legit gym around here. We got some karate schools, but no MMA gyms. So I've had a I've had a cross train a lot for this entire camp, and. Uh, I mean, I've still got good work in. I've trained with some of the best, you know, people in this area, and uh, they've all helped me out a lot. The past two weeks, I've, I've not really hit any type of uh, sparring, any type of uh, hard grappling or anything. It's more been a mental kind of thing, trying to get myself mentally prepared, let my body rest and heal so I can push for three solid rounds. I have been shadow boxing a lot. I have been doing cardio and stuff and running. And that's something I did. My last fight was back in August. It was a kickboxing fight, and I was not tired whatsoever. I paced myself, and I had a good fight. I dominated all three rounds against a very tough moving opponent, and I, um, I wasn't tired. I, I was good to go. I was happy with myself, and I brought that same energy into this fight. I have, I have confidence in myself. I know he has great he has a great coach he has great training partners and he's working his butt off and have a lot of respect for him but you know at this level i'm three and two i've been around for three years now i'm four and oh and one in kickboxing so i have experienced fights um i'm ready to fight the best in the area and to test myself and that's just what i'm trying to do well, I tell you, man, uh, the, Chris, I, I, I got to say, you know, from a physical aspect, you, you're one of the most, you know, naturally talented guys in the area when it comes to just having a natural knack for this stuff and just being a, you know, athletic and, and you, you know, you're, you're, even when you're not in shape, you're in okay shape, <laughs> you know, uh, I, from you, from what I've seen a lot of the times it, you're right. It, it, it is a lot of the time it's, it is a mental thing for you. Uh, it's not that you're not physically capable of winning these fights or, or performing well. Uh, you know, I think, uh, sometimes you just got to get over those mental hurdles. And if that's something you've been working on, then I'm really excited to see your progression. Yeah, man. I've I've always questioned myself. For some reason, I've always second guessed when it came to fighting. Uh, I grew up all my life, kind of kind of taking up for other people and, and little stuff was here and there. So that's kind of what turned me into training. Anyways, I didn't start training until after high school. But I did a little bit of boxing when I was younger. Nothing. I didn't. I never competed or anything. But I did a little boxing with my dad. And um, 
Well, I got, after high school, I wanted something to do and stay in shape, and I got into kickboxing. And after then, I just after that, I was just I loved it. So I loved competing. I loved to train my butt off. I loved to go in there and it's you versus another person, and you can't blame nobody else for you losing. It's you versus another person. If you're not prepared, then that's on you. So I've really been trying to keep myself happy, trying to try to have the best group of people around that I can. And uh, to just prepare mentally, I've just been trying to stay focused and, and realizing that, you know, I'm capable of getting these wins against tough guys. And this is kind of a statement fight for me. Like, I like Eric Turner. I, I like all those guys that are not still. And uh, I have no disrespect towards any of them. I'm just, like I said, I want to fight the best that I can before, you know, I make a decision to go further. I love that attitude, my man. Before we let you go, I want to leave you, uh, let you, uh, you know, have the floor to give some shout outs where they're due. Uh, any training partner, sponsor, love you want to give, uh, and anywhere that uh, people can start finding you on social media, uh, social media as well. All right, man. I'll start with the social media stuff. You can find me on Instagram at Chris Warren. You can find me on Snapchat, same thing, Chris Warren. That's more of a personal and up and close type of thing with training and stuff. And you can find me on Facebook at Chris Butcher. And um, I want to give a big shout out to you know all my training partners, Rodrigo, The Monster, Gonzalez, Judd Babyface Brown, Dylan O'Sullivan, you know, John Hall, all the guys at Newport. Shout out to Patrick and Jalen for strength conditioning stuff. Big shout out to um, my pastor. He's been he's been keeping me motivated and keeping my my uh, head on straight. And um, just big shout out to everyone who supports me. It's going to be there support my me and all the other fighters. This has been Chris Butcher. You can catch him. Just uh, coming up tomorrow night, it's Valor 55 at the Fight Night at the Joe. He's going to be taking on Rodrigo Martinez in the feature bout. Uh, can't wait to see that one go down. Best of luck, Chris. We appreciate the time, my man. Thank you, guys. All right, up next on the line, we've got one half of our co-main event coming up tomorrow night. It is Valor 55, Fight Night at the Joe, and we've got a vacant 155-pound strap that has got to go around somebody's waist and somebody's oh-must-go in that fight. we got Joe Bradley on the line with us getting ready to take on Joseph Long. Joe, how's it going, man? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We appreciate you taking a little bit of time out. I know you're uh, deep into that weight cut uh, coming up here yeah, not yeah. too long from now, so we won't keep you too long. Uh, this is your first time on the Valor Hour, so I, you know before we get into the fight, I want to give you a little bit of a uh, chance to introduce yourself to uh, our listeners, how you got into MMA, your background, uh, all that, all the, you know, a quick little uh, synopsis of how we got to here. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, so my name is Joe Bradley. I'm 22 years old. I uh, fight out of Atlanta, Georgia, born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, got into MMA. I started, uh, I had a friend who um, was doing martial arts, like a, a friend's brother who was doing martial arts that I grew up. So um started doing martial arts with him a little bit when I was young. And then when I went off to college at Auburn University, I started wrestling, just looking for something to do. And then I actually got in a fight downtown one night and it was a crazy experience. I was like, you know, I might take a go at MMA. So I decided to transfer uh, back to Atlanta. So now I'm going, going to Georgia State and training, you know, twice a day, getting fights and loving life. 
Well, Joe, you are uh, you're a finisher, if, if anything, man. We've seen you on Valor a couple times. You've got a knockout-of-the-year candidate uh, that, that, that you had over Brandon Williamson, uh, showed off your submission chops last time out in Nashville. Uh, you know, so you're you're definitely known to be a finisher. You, tra- you train with a bunch of damn killers. Uh, they're at X3. They're, you know, Robert Hale and Nate Williams and those guys. I know they're running you through the ringer uh, for, for this one. Uh, yeah, I, my co-host, uh, he, he lives down in the kind of right in between you guys uh you know joseph long is in cleveland uh greg is in ringgold of course you're down in atlanta greg what you got for joe uh i i was just curious to know what uh, um joe have you have you have you, you've never you've never uh faced uh or have you ever been even like you got to watch joseph long fight or anything like that in person uh in person actually he fought on the same card where i knocked out brandon williamson i think i'm not sure if he was before or after my fight I didn't see the fight like I, until I mean I, I watched it since then, but I didn't see it live. I was busy getting ready for my fight, and we never met. Okay, but, I was, um, I was, I've I watched all this sure fight just, on YouTube. Okay, I was just making sure because somebody had said that you guys had uh, met before, and I said I don't. I didn't think they had. Uh, but I wasn't I sure. I wanted Tim, Tim. We wanted to fact check that before we had anything <laughs> about that. But uh, so I think that was at Valor. Talking about your weight cut, how big are you? Like, I mean, do you is, is, is a one fifty five a big cut for you? Uh, 
Uh, it's not too bad. I mean, it's obviously not fun. Cutting weights never fun, but no. I think I walk around probably like middle of the weight class, maybe even slightly on the smaller side in terms of like professional fighters who are cutting weight. Um, so yeah, I th- I'm a natural 155er for sure. I walk around about 175. Well, you uh, you and Joseph both like to stand and exchange, but uh, both of you are no strangers at the ground, and y'all aren't afraid to go to the ground. This is actually one of the most exciting fights on the card, in my in my opinion. Uh, you, it's going to be you know between you guys and uh, Tevin and uh, Trevor in the uh, in the main event. Uh, I'm excited to watch it, man. And I'll, you know, good skills to both of you. I wish you both the best. Yeah, thanks, man. I'm couldn't be more excited. So, so talk a little bit about the matchup, you know, with Long. Where, where do you think you're better? Where do you think you you need to watch out? I think I think it's a really good matchup because you've both shown uh, the ability to strike. Uh, you've both shown the ability to grapple. Uh, you're probably very closely ranked uh, as far as grappling goes. Uh, he probably has got more uh, tie fights. As you know, I, I want to say he might have won. He might have won a damn world championship down there in Florida, uh, but but you've shown more like one hitter, quitter, knockout power, you know. So I feel like it's like just a really good fight. Talk about the actual matchup. Yeah, right. Yeah, I agree totally. I think it's a great matchup. Um, Joseph Long is a great striker for sure, and he can grapple. I've uh, you know I take pride in my grappling abilities. I train with uh, some of the best in the world. My coach Bruno Frazada is one of the best grapplers in the entire world and I I hold that, you know, with a chip on my shoulder that if it goes to the ground I'll be well prepared. Um yeah, in terms of striking, he's got power. Um I think I've got better boxing. I train with uh Isidore Nicolas, who's the Cuban Olympic boxing coach and been working with him for a long time. So I think I respect his skills, but I think wherever the fight goes, I'm gonna be prepared and I'm gonna have the upper hand. Of course, this uh, also for that vacant 155 title, man, and those belts are, are looking clean. I've got them in my living room right now, and I think you'll yeah. be pleased. <laughs> Before yeah, I yeah. when do we get to see those belts, Tim? Like, uh, I'll, I'll, post, I'll send a picture to you guys. They are. They are fucking sweet. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll let you get on to this weight cut, Joe. I'm going to let you have the mic to Thank get uh, some shout-outs uh, where they're due, any kind of training partner love or sponsor love you want to give, and also where fans can follow you on social media. Yeah, yeah. Um, so big shout out to X3 Sports, man. That's my team. Uh, Justin Burns Muay Thai, Isidore Nicolas Boxing, and Bruno Frazado Jiu Jitsu. And then my teammates Robert Hale, Nathan Williams, Jared Gooden is fighting the same night uh, for LFA, probably a little That's later right. in the night. So um, that'll be live on TV. So I think everyone should go watch that after they watch me get this dub. And so then, is that on uh, Axis? Yeah, I believe so. Axis awesome. TV. I'll watch that. Um, and then yeah, Instagram's Captain J dot A dot B. Uh, that's my initials. <laughs> and so yeah, give give me a follow on Instagram. Um, follow the journey. Uh, professional and May fighter are going professional soon. Awesome. Once again, this has been Joe Bradley. You can catch him in the co-main event tomorrow night at the Valor Fighting Challenge number 55. It'll be going down at the Cotton Eye Joe in Knoxville, Tennessee. If you can't make it there live, we'll be streaming on the Valor Facebook page and on the Valor Twitch page, so be sure to check it out. This is going to be a fight that you won't want to miss. Thanks so much for the time, Joe. We'll see you real soon. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, finally on the line, we have Chloe Padilla. She's getting ready to make her MMA debut, long-awaited. 
It's coming down uh, tomorrow night at Valor 55. It's going down at the Cotton Eye Joe. She's going to be taking on Mary Rosenbeck in a Bantamweight fight. Chloe, how's it going this evening? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing really good. Doing really good. I know you're in the uh, probably in the throes of your weight cut right now when this thing uh, airs, which will be Thursday morning. You'll be weighing in, we'll say tonight. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, the preparation for this thing. You know, you're uh, you, you train so many fighters in strength and conditioning over at Frankie's Body Shop. Uh, your dad, Frankie Padilla, the strength and conditioning coach, uh, and yourself, the strength and conditioning coach for so many athletes there. Um, I know that it has has to be uh you've got to be licking your chops getting all these folks ready uh while you've been kind of waiting in the wings to uh to make your own debut yeah um it's been a really fun process actually i have a great team behind me i mean everybody at kma has been so supportive you know i've been there through all their turns and they've all turned around and been like yes it's your turn let's do this so I've had a really great team behind me. Um, of course, my dad, Frankie, he's done an excellent job with my strength and conditioning and my nutrition leading up to this. And then my whole KMA team, uh, Coach Eric, Coach Joey, Coach Taylor, they've all been getting me ready to go for all this. So it's really been a great team effort to kind of pull everything together for me. And it hasn't been anything hard. I've loved the process of it, and I'm just ready to go. Greg, you're going to be at cage side calling the fights on commentary. Uh, I know uh, the fans always love a good female fight. Uh, what you got for Chloe? Uh, yeah, I love the female fights more than the male fights because they're just mean. Uh, <laughs> but uh, to the uh, to the to the ignorant person about you and your in your career, and uh, to anybody that doesn't know uh, in your past, you've done uh, a bodybuilding. What what was it? The fitness uh, physique. Yeah, I did um, fitness competitions, and I competed in a category called bikini, um, and I did that five times, and I did it since I was 17 until um, about 20, um, I'm 22 now, and then about after my last show that I did, um, I just really fell out of love for the sport because it was very political, very biased, you know, just depending on who felt what way that day, um, and I found MMA through actually um, Jason King, uh stepped in our door three and a half years ago um, and he started training at the gym and we started going to his fight. We're like, hey, what is this? Like, this seems pretty cool. Um, and so then actually we started going over and training at KMA about two years ago um, and then I decided that I loved it. It was so definitive. It was so powerful. It was so technical. I um, mean, it was something that, you know, if you knock somebody out, they can't take that away from you. Um, so I'm really excited to be in the sport where it's such a team effort getting you ready and then just such an individual effort of hard work and mindset whenever you're in the cage to actually just do what you do and perform. Yeah, it's really awesome when you're uh, you're doing a sport in a competition where you really don't have to leave it in the hands of the judges. Uh, well, your opponent here, she is 0-2, correct? Yes, she is. Uh, and you you are making your debut, and uh, you're fighting yes. pretty deep on this card, so you, you must have a pretty good following out there in Knoxville right now. Uh, I'm really anxious to see this uh, to see this turnout right here because uh, – I, I, it's, 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 it's cool to me to see, like, you know, like you got a pretty girl from that used to do bikini physical competitions and this and other thing, and she's making the transition from that into MMA. And uh, I, I, your dad's a pretty big dude, too. He, uh, he, he fought last year on the Valor card, am I yes. right? Yes, yeah. he did. Have you he been training with your dad? Um, yeah, I've been training with my dad, oh, my gosh, since I was 
14, um, probably before that even. Um, I played soccer for 18 years, um, so I was really used to kind of a team sport environment. And then whenever you become kind of a personal trainer and get in the fitness world, a lot of people do competitions. Um, so that was kind of the thing. And I was like, hey, I think I can do this. And that's kind of when I got into it. And um, Rules are changing now, but I've been training with my dad since I was a kid. I grew up in the gym. Um, we started Frankie's Body Shop whenever – he was t- almost 10 years ago. It was 2009 um, is when he started it. So I basically grew up, you know, walking around and cleaning equipment and everything like that. So I've always loved the gym. And my dad has always been my trainer. And he's trained me every day um, since I started MMA. Um, since I got to a fight camp. He's done my nutrition. And he's been right by my side. And it's pretty great to have your dad be right behind you in your corner cheering you on the whole way. And you can see the transformations in so many of these uh, KMA fighters that have have switched to do their fight preparation or just overall strength and conditioning, just even in between fights uh, with you guys. It is it is uh, astonishing, to say the least. And that's not just, you know, toot your horn. That is the that is the truth that you can look at the the pictures and the and, you know, look at your Jason Kings and look at, you know, uh, your, uh, you know, Christina Rickers that, that, that have gone in there, to, uh, you know, with already having been experienced MMA competitors. It wasn't like they. They just started with you guys um, with before they ever fought, uh, and and the the change and the improvements uh, in in strength and conditioning and just physicality and endurance is uh, is truly uh, truly astonishing. So so props to you guys on that. It is it is uh, certainly certainly noteworthy. Well, thank you very much. And I say I absolutely love training them. Um, I've been personal training for almost five years. And training the fighters is the funnest thing ever because I can just be like, hey, here's a ball, and I want you to, like, pick it up with your feet and flip over it and do something else. And they're like, yep, how high, coach? Um, absolutely <laughs> the best people um, ever, and it has been such a great thing to for them to join, our family, for us to join their family and just kind of merge into this big, giant family. Um, and, you know, it all started with Jason, who walked in our door, just like, hey, I need a strength and conditioning coach. You know, I do MMA. And it started with dad. And then after that, it was events. And then after that, we got Chris and Dre. And then now I believe we have about 15 of the fighters that come over and train with us. Um, I actually train Anthony and Nick and Drigo, who are all on this card. So I'm so excited to actually be fighting with them. Um, I think that's a super cool experience. Um, and I've loved getting to not only experience the fights with them, but I've got to travel with them. Um, I've gotten to apprentice doing the weight cutting um, the day beforehand. And it's just really been a great life-changing experience that I couldn't take back. And to where these people have not just become, you know, my, my clients, but they've become like my family. Well, that kind of leads into my next question. Actually, you know, you do have some some of your your uh, your your trainee trainees, if you will, uh, competing on this same card with you. Is that uh, a? Is it more stressful, uh, or you know, are you more anxious about getting in there yourself, or are you more anxious for the people that that you you know? Some people are you know they're more anxious for the people that, that they train to fight. And and secondly to that uh, is uh, are you are you uh, are you kind of have, are you finding I'm sorry I'm starting on my words here are you finding it hard to to balance their weight you know checking in with each one of them on how they're doing on their weight cut and, and while still focusing on your own uh, obstacle in front of you 
No, um, it's not been too bad. They've all been great. Um, they've all checked in, and we have a process that we do um, over at KMA, and it's really a team effort. So, you know, everybody knows that I've been doing my own, um, you know, stuff with that and kind of focusing on myself, and they've all been taking care of themselves. So it's not been stressful at all. Um, Taylor Turner is an amazing uh, weight cut coach over there, and so she's checking in on both and checking in on me. I'm checking in with dad. Um, Chris is actually helping me out tomorrow um, with the rest of my water cut, you know, and she's been a great support and she's checking on me and checking on the other guys. So it's really just been a huge team effort to where I've not really been worried about any single one of them. Um, they've all been doing a great job. Um, they've all, you know, been showing up, cutting their own weight. They've been doing fantastic. Um, and I do get anxious for some other people to fight. Um, like, you know, whenever Chris or Jason fight, I usually have, like, my hands laid on the table just staring down to see what's going to happen. Uh, but I, I'm not too worried about them. I believe in all of them, and I think they're all going to do great. So, you know, before I let you go, let's talk real quick about your fight and your opponent. Mary Rosenbeck's your opponent. Uh, not, you know, at 0-2, she hasn't had a great start, but there's something to say for the fact that she's already been in there and she's been getting – it's not like she's gone in there and is just getting waylaid. She's, she's in there getting rounds in. And so, you know, the uh, the nervy part of, you know, making her debut, that's already gone. You know, she's already fought a couple times. She's, she's gotten under the lights, uh, whereas you haven't had the opportunity to do that yet. Do you see that as a one potential? advantage she may have and any uh, any other thoughts on on her and what uh, what we can expect from this fight um, no not really um, I have so many support systems with people that have been in cages you know if events in Singapore and Chris in Canada and everywhere around the world it's the smallest and the biggest opportunities and everyone's been a guide to me um, so I'm not super worried about having ton of nerves or anything um i'm sure mary's gonna do a great job and i'm gonna do a great job and then you know whatever happens in the cage happens um, i'm not worried about anything and i'm just gonna believe and trust in the process and trust in my coaches and have a great fight we're super excited for it i'm gonna let you go here but before we do uh, i'm gonna let you give some shout outs where they are due any training partner sponsor love you got uh and also where people can follow you on social media Okay, this is a long list. Um, so my main uh, shout-outs are to KMA, um, my family, to all my fighters over there, all my friends, um, all my teammates, everybody that's helped me get ready for this. You know who you are. Um, I appreciate and love all of you. Um, to SBS Combat, my dad, um, Frankie's Body Shop, the whole Frankie's Body Shop family um, has been unbelievably supportive in this. My clients have been supportive. I'm so excited for all of them to come out. Um, my sponsors, uh, my main ones are MTS Nutrition, uh, Honey Bee Coffee Company, Real Good Foods, Tiger Fitness, In the Bath Lab, Sushi Spot, Fit Mart Bags, and PC One Gel, and Total Ascent by Shanna. She prints all my clothes and anything that I need. Um, so those are my main sponsors. I love all of them. They all provide in so many different ways and they're all great founded by great people and run by great people um and then follow me um on instagram i'm chloe underscore padilla uh facebook you can find me mainly um at chloe padilla um sbs combat strength and conditioning fit tech personal training by chloe padilla um twitter it's sbs chloe padilla and then there's like a whole bunch of others that don't really matter i have random social media but that's pretty much it 
Once again, this has been Chloe Padilla. She's getting set to make her MMA debut tomorrow night, Valor 55, Cotton Eye Joe. Be sure to check it out live and in person if you can. If you can't, you can check out the live stream on Twitch and the Valor Facebook page. It's definitely going to be an event you don't want to miss. Thanks so much for the time, Chloe. We'll see you real soon. Thank you, guys. All right, now for our main segment of the program. It is the Valor 55 preview and picks panel. I am joined uh, for the picks. Uh, we've got Greg Hopkins still on the line, of course. Uh, now we also have Jeff Hobbs, Mark Laws, Cutman Extraordinaire, and American Killer Bees head coach David Robbins, also professional fighter. Congrats, David, coming off of his second professional win a week ago, moving to 2-0. and uh, How's it going tonight, David? I'm doing well, man. Just uh, just got home, just walked the dog, ate some dinner, uh, had a long night in the gym, finishing up getting Joseph's, uh, getting Joseph's weight down and ready for this weekend. I'm excited, man. It's going to be a going to be a good show. No doubt, no doubt. Jeff Hobbs, of course, will be in the house uh, on the mic this weekend, uh, pulling announcing duties. You pumped, Jeff? Yeah, absolutely. Always love making the trip to Knoxville. Uh, Valor's my home, and uh, can't wait to. Uh, try to conquer another aspect of the uh, of the game. Hell yes. And of course, we know what Mark Law is going to be doing, wrapping bricks and uh, and stitching up uh, mofos. How's it going, Mark? Man, I'm starting for this card. It looks killer top to bottom. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's get into some picks, man. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a tale of two halves. Uh, we've got uh, a lot of debuts on the early going, and then uh, then we've got some more established uh, talent towards uh, the top of the card. We kick things off as we are apt to do with Junior Muay Thai uh, kickboxing. Uh, this is going to be at a, a catch weight of 150 pounds. Actually, I have a typo on the sheet, but uh, Jacob Hatfield is making his debut out of high. Hybrid Martial Arts, Lexington, Kentucky. They've had a couple of guys come down and fight for us in years past. Um, they had a kid that fought in Nashville that was really good. Uh, Jacob looks to be uh, has experience in like uh, the continuous uh, continuous sparring. I guess it is with the karate. Uh, this will be his first tie fight though, but he had, he does have some extensive like karate background. He's taken on a guy that we've seen uh, several times. One of the one of the very top youths in the area, Zachariah Hammock. Uh, he is 4-0 out of Shield Systems, uh, one of those with uh, coming by way of knockout. He's been in there a lot over the last year, uh, really getting the experience. Uh, no one's been able to knock him off yet. We'll see if Jacob Hatfield can. Let's go to the panel and see uh, what they think. Let's start with uh, Marky Four Fingers. Man, I'm going to have to go with Zachariah Hammock on this one. Uh, he's looked impressive every time he's been out there, man. I'm, I'm excited to see what this kid can do. Okay, Mark goes with Zachariah Hammock, the proven commodity, if you will. Um, let's go next to Jeff Hobbs. You're gonna have to agree. I mean, Hammock's. Uh, <clears throat> you can't. Uh, you know, you can't underestimate uh, just what that feels like being in the cage. Even if you're not cage fighting, uh, getting in that uh, in that cage and shutting the door. Hammock's got the experience. I'm gonna go with Hammock. That makes it two now for Zachariah Hammock. Okay, uh, let's go to Greg Hopkins. Yeah, I'm going to go with Davis or uh, Hammock too. I'm sorry. Greg goes with Hammock as well. David Robbins got to go with Hammock, dude. I've seen the kid fight. Um, he is an absolute monster, and uh, being four and zero already, uh, all and this being the other guy's first time getting in there, dude. He's not ready for it. Hammock all the way. 
It's a clean sweep from the panel. Four to nothing for Zachariah Hammock. Uh, moving on to our next bout, it is another tie fight, and it's at band weight, 135 pounds. We've got Jake Phillips, a uh, youngster, making his debut. I believe that he said he's 18 years old. He's coming out of uh, North Georgia High Stand, Dalton, Georgia, down with Nala Lechuga and the guys, bringing up a couple guys. It's been a while. Uh, taking on Zach Wright, who we saw debut at the last Cotton Eye Joe show. Uh, he won with a quick uh, quick. Uh, uh, I want to say it was a body shot um, TKO type situation. His opponent, he, he just he didn't come to fight. It didn't seem like, and um, and he didn't get a lot of time in there. He was, it was less than a minute. Uh, one and O, oh, he is though with one KO uh, with that aforementioned fight. Uh, so he just debuted a couple months ago. Comes out of Shield Systems in Knoxville, Tennessee. So we got two good camps going at it. Uh, let's start off with David. I'm going to go with uh, Zach Wright, man. You know, Nalo's got a good team down there um, in North Georgia Highestin, but Shield Systems has incredible uh, kickboxing. Every single person that comes out of there is impressive. So I'm going with Wright. All right, David Robbins goes with Zach Wright. Let's go to Greg Hopkins. Yeah, I'm also going to go with Zach Wright as well. Uh, I know David Lewis has got some guys coming out of there in North Georgia Highestin and uh, down there in Dalton. He's doing uh, he's doing well and everything, and I'm excited to see Jake Phillips debut, but I'm going to have to go with Zach Wright on this one, too. He's got a 1-0 with a 1-KO on his record already. So. Greg Hopkins makes it 2 to nothing. Mark Laws. Make it for Zach Wright for me, too, bro. All right. Mark Laws uh, goes that way as well. Jeff uh, Hobbs, are you going to uh, rock the boat? Uh, no. Uh, <clears throat> I just, you know, Ben doesn't Ben doesn't put guys in until they're ready. I mean, 1-0, 1-K-O. Um, I'm going to have to go with Zach Wright as well. It's a clean sweep again. Uh, the panel goes with the Shield Systems product. So uh, uh, the general consensus is uh, Shield Systems starts the night off with two uh, two wins. Uh, from there, we move on to heavyweights, uh, MMA action. Got a couple debuts here. Ethan Sanders debuting out of Death Row MMA, Crossville, Tennessee, taking on, um, I believe it's, I'm going to say Phelan, but it, um, it could be a different pronunciation. I apologize if I have butchered it, but I'm going to say Phelan Booker. And now I'm just going to say Booker. Uh, a debut out of KMAA. I don't know a whole lot about Booker uh, beyond it being his first fight and, and coming out of uh, Eric Turner's camp at KMAA. Ethan Sanders, uh, likewise, I know he's a young, he's a youngster, 18, 19 years old, and he is coming out of the same group that has uh, sent us uh, the Johnson brothers, if you recall them, Tim Johnson, Dustin Johnson, they've come down here. They're always ready to brawl, uh, so we'll probably get a slugfest here. Uh, let's start things off this time with Greg. Uh, well, like you said, we got a debut versus another debut. This whole this whole card has got a debut written all over it. And the, the most exciting thing about this whole card is you're going to get a lot of mismatches on this whole card. Like, you might have a knockout here and a submission here. You might have a guy that can wrestle here, but he can't stand up. There's a lot going to happen. And these kind of cards, you're going to see a lot of fights like this. And the thing about these kind of fights is neither one of these fighters know anything else about the other fighter at all completely so you're going to have booker in this corner who knows nothing about his opponent sanders in this corner nothing about his opponent uh, i mean but i'm going to have to base my my pick on a, a out of kmaa like just the gym that he's coming from even though death row mma is pretty awesome gym it sounds awesome too i mean that kind of name sells itself who doesn't want to go to death row mma gym it's awesome <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Booker on that. 
Greg Hopkins starts us off with uh, Phelan Booker. Uh, let's go next to David Robbins. Um, I trained with Booker before, dude. And uh, first time I ever sparred with him, this guy pissed me off so bad. He's a big dude, uh, super heavy-handed, um, and he doesn't know what light is. Um, so I don't know much about Sanders and that Crossville team, but uh, well, with Booker all the way, dude. All right, David Robbins goes with Thalen Booker. Uh, let's go next to Jeb Hobbs. Uh, I mean, obviously, with this being a heavyweight fight, you know, it, it's not going to matter who's from what gym. Uh, one punch at 265 pounds, this fight can go either way. But I'm going to have to agree with not having a lot of knowledge about Ethan Sanders. You know, I've got to base my uh, pick just on my uh, previous knowledge of KMAA fighters uh, and and the training they get. So I'm going to go with Booker as well. Reading up and Mark Laws. Yeah, I'm with the rest of the crew with Booker on this one. I mean, the Johnson boys are our big heavyweight guys that always come to bang, so this should be very interesting. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Sanders does do something crazy, but to hear David say that, that, that gives me a little more confidence in Booker. All right, another clean sweep. The panel goes four to nothing for Booker. Moving on to middleweights, and this one's kind of interesting too. We got Brandon Nelson, uh, who is a debut independent out of Trinity, Alabama, by way of Knoxville, Tennessee. Whenever we first started talking about him taking a fight, he lived in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, anyway, he's taking on Darren Hastings, uh, a debut out of KMAA. The hammer, the hammer of justice, Darren Hastings. He's a U.S. attorney, uh, and this will be his first fight. Uh, you know, I've got, I had the, uh, uh, I've met Darren, and uh, you know, and had in business meetings and whatnot. Uh, real nice guy. I'd be interested to see how it goes uh, for him in his first uh, step into the cage. I know he's already, uh, you know, a, a little bit older than most debuts, uh, as that goes. But uh, you know, he's training with a good group that I'm sure has him ready uh let's start off with uh mark laws i gotta go with hastings on this one i don't know much about nelson but uh yeah i feel pretty good about this one hey. all right one to nothing so far for hastings let's go to uh david robbins um nelson uh nelson's a blue belt in jiu-jitsu i looked him up a little bit earlier today but darren's gonna be more of a striker really it's gonna just depend on how the fight plays out if darren stops uh Darren stops Nelson from taking him down or not. Uh, if it goes to the ground, probably leaning a little more towards Nelson, but I'm going to put my pick in for Hastings. All right. It's two to nothing for Hastings. Let's go uh, next to, uh, uh, let's do Greg. Well, I think I'll rock the boat here because uh, we've got two debut fighters. And uh, I was just curious, uh, Brandon Nelson, has he, uh, if y'all, uh, David, you did a little bit of research on him. Does he ever go to Black Line Studios and train with those guys, with Sam McAlpin and all them? Um, no, I didn't see much on him there. I saw him at some Tenth Planet schools. Um, he may have, but uh, That's, I saw him in a I was lot just of curious. gyms. I was curious if he cross trained with them, and I was just, I was just, I was just wondering how serious he takes his training and whatnot. Uh, being an independent out of Trinity, Alabama, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna gamble on this one and throw Brandon Nelson since I have a feeling there's going to be a another four and zero sweep. I want to go with Brandon Nelson on this one too. We have our first, right here. our first dissenter. In Greg Hopkins, uh, let's finish off with Jeff Hobbs. Yeah, I'm going. Uh, I'm going. I'm going to even this thing up because uh, I mean, you just <laughs> you don't get a you don't get a blue belt uh, by sitting on your couch or, or just uh, training in your backyard. So, you know, maybe the move to Alabama. He's just independent right now because he hasn't found a home. Um, 
And uh, if he's got uh, any kind of training like that on the ground, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. But it just, I, hell, I got to rock the boat, too. I want to go with Nelson. All right, the panel uh, tied two to two. Brandon Nelson, Darren Hastings. Uh, we'll go on to our, now. This next one could be interesting too. It's light heavyweights, uh, so we got you know staying with with the, with the bigger guys here. Uh, Devin Davis makes his debut out of Black Line Studios in Henninger, Alabama. He's taking on Josh Ogle, a debut at a KMAA Pigeon Forge branch. So he's training with the Wolf Boys over there. Uh, Devin Davis, not not a lot known about him. I, I think he. I've heard that he's really tall and rangy. Uh, and, and Sam and Chad at um, Sam McAlpin and Chad Finnerty at Black Line, both they, they seem you know high on him. So uh, you know debuts, who knows? But uh, but it, it certainly this one has a little bit of uh, mystique to it, I would say. Let's start off uh, this time with Jeff Hobbs. Hmm. Hmm. Can we start with someone else? Ah. Um, I I don't know because I you know I, I'm not real familiar with what uh, the Pigeon Forge. Uh, you know, uh, crew there from KMA is putting out. Um, um, trying to make this at least interesting. Um, I'll go out on a limb again. I'm going to go with Devin, Devin Davis. All right. Jeff Why not? Starts us off with uh, Devin Davis. Next, let's go to Greg Hopkins. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and second his uh, his second his guess, but I think that Davis is gonna take this one under. It. Davis is uh, supposedly supposed to be a big powerhouse, like a real strong uh, cornbread fed Alabama boy coming up to try to take take over the one of these uh, Knoxville. Knoxville natives, and uh, he's coming into you know the Knoxville harsh environment up there at Cotton Eye Joe's. But I don't think that a bar atmosphere is any kind of uh, different atmosphere than an Alabama boy stays in down there. I don't know, but he's talking out of Black Line Studios, and Sam and Chad are uh, they're really building something out there, and they're uh, they're doing good things. You know, they're doing the same things that all these all these other guys are doing, and they're they're really the only ones over there doing it. But they're they're bringing in horses you know so i mean they got one guy fighting in the main event tonight and they got another guy they had another guy on this car but he ended up falling off uh but uh that De- i'm gonna go with devin davis in this one and uh but you know we it, it's gonna come down to the cardio with these two guys unless somebody didn't train their chin you know when we get <laughs> but that's what i got davis all right, so far, two to nothing uh for the uh out of town fire devin davis uh mark laws I'm also going with Davis on this one. I don't know much about Oval. Never seen much, you know, on him. But uh, I'm with the rest of the guys. You know, the Black Hawk suit guys is putting their faith behind him, and the guys have always shown me love. So I'm showing them to love Davis. Three to nothing, David Robbins. Mm. Um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't. I'm not familiar with Josh, um, but one guy that's really impressed me. Um, in the last year has been Sam McAlpin. Uh, he's been busting his butt, getting after it. Everybody that comes uh, out of that Alabama team is gritty, and uh, I think I'm, I'm going with Devin Davis. The panel oh. sweeps for the out-of-towner here. Stop the presses. Four to nothing, Devin Davis. 
to upset the apple car in Knoxville. Uh, moving on to Bantamweights. Uh, now we've got some, we're going to move into some people with a little bit of experience here. We've got Witter McGowan, who is 0-1 out of North Georgia High Stand in Dalton, Georgia. Uh, we mentioned them earlier, trained by Nalo Lechuga down there. Pretty good little grappler. He fought his first fight. It's been a minute. It's been a, probably two years since he's fought, but he fought Hunter Thomas in, in maybe Hunter's first or second maybe second fight um and and he he fought he fought him well uh he's taking on uh featherfoot dusty little out of team nki north knox edition rue under uh, greg and brandon mcmahon he is two and two and uh he has fought a couple times up here but most of the time he's been fighting down um on the gulf coast when those guys go down there and fight he'll go with them and fight like in mississippi and louisiana and whatnot so uh we haven't seen a whole lot of him up here so this is an interesting one here both these guys uh are, are pretty solid actually uh let's start off this time with greg i uh, don't know a lot about uh uh what's his name winner mcgullen uh-huh is that how you pronounce it winner mcgullen yep okay so he's zero and one right now and he's fighting out of half stand yeah, his uh, one loss was to was to Hunter Hunter Thomas. Hmm. The other guy over here is that Featherfoot. Is that his nickname? Oh, Featherfoot. Dusty Little. Yeah. Lit, what did it say? Feather. What did it say? It's Featherfoot. <laughs> Featherfoot. I, I, I can't really read it. My 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 computer screen is really blurry right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. I've zoomed into the I've zoomed into the card right here, and I'm looking at it. It's all it's all blurry. I can't really read it. In my eyes. Uh, I want to go with the with the guy with the more experience in this fight is two and two. All right, I want to go with the Featherfoot Dusty Little. All right, Greg Hopkins starts us off with a uh, a pick for the hometown fighter Dusty Little. Let's go to Mark. Just because I'm tired of agreeing with these folks, I'm going with McGowan. All right, Mark. Uh, he switches it up, he goes with the high stand product. Winner McGowan. Uh, David. Um, I'm going with winner. When uh, when he fought Hunter Thomas, Hunter and I were teammates at MMA Institute when they were still around. And uh, Winter is, uh, you know, even a couple of years ago, he was very technical. He was very well trained. That 0-1 does not reflect his ability. And uh, I think Dusty Little is going to have a very tough fight on his hands. And uh, going with Winter. Okay, David goes with uh, with Winter. That makes uh, that makes two. That's an awesome name too. Uh, Jeff Hobbs, finish this out. Yes, sir. Uh, winner, winner, chicken dinner. I'm going with McGullen as well. All right. Three to one. Three to one, the panel goes uh, for, for winner, even though at 0 and 1, they're looking a little deeper than record. I like it. I like the analysis. Uh, moving on to a catch weight bout. This one was put together really late, like uh, the beginning of the week. Uh, it is 130 pounds. It is Jacob Wright. Uh, one and two out of Next Generation MMA in Marshall County, Alabama. He's a teammate of uh, Mary Rosenbeck, who we'll talk about a little bit later, taking on Chloe Padilla. Um, he is taking on a debut at a KMAA that I really don't know much about at all. Uh, his name is Ray Hewlett, and uh, I, I really just don't know much about him. Uh, man, this one could be a good one. This could be a sleeper fight. David, let's start with you. Oh... Okay, put me on the spot. Um, I'm going with Ray Hewitt. All right. David goes with the hometown guy. When in doubt, go with the hometown guy. Ray, Ray Hewitt. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's one. Let's go on. Yeah. 
Um, wait, who's going? Whose turn? Uh, you. Me. Okay, okay. Jeff. Um, man, it seems crazy to be sitting here on a, a card like this and and picking the red corner. It's usually not the way it goes, but right, uh, I'm gonna right. go with the experience on this one. I'm going Jacob Wright. All right, Jacob Wright evens it up one to one. Next, let's go to Greg. I'm gonna go with the debut fighter right here because he's been able to study his opponent and the other guy has nothing to go off of. And where are we at right here? I'm thinking I'm, I'm just gonna go to Ray Hewlett here and because he's coming out of the KMA gym. Uh, they're not, and they got they got an army on this card. They had an army on the last card. They're just this gym is just trying to take off right now, and they're putting guys in there that, and, and I don't think they're putting them in there if they're not ready. So, uh, Ray Hewlett, I'm going to go with the debut fighter here. Okay, that makes it uh, two, uh, two to one uh, now for Ray Hewlett. Let's go to Mark Laws and see if he uh, evens it up or tilts it all the way in favor of Hewlett. I'm also going to go with Wright on this one. Okay. Okay, so uh, so so we 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 do have a, a tie now, two to two. Uh, Mark Laws goes with Jacob Wright, and uh, it, man, I'm not for sure if it's the same guy I'm thinking of, but if it's the same kid that I saw fight in Alabama uh, on Sam McAlpin's show, he could grapple a little bit. Uh, and I don't know for sure if it's the same kid, but I think it is. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I, I'm interested to see how this goes. Uh, moving on now to our next one. Let's see here. Uh, we've got the final uh, one in this this flight. Female MMA. Caitlin. Uh, I'm going to say Dininger. Could be Denninger. I hope I haven't uh, butchered it. I apologize in advance. She's making her debut uh, out of the hybrid martial arts uh, gym that we uh, talked about earlier. Jacob Hatfield, her teammate, leading off the card. Uh, again, a karate-based school out of Lexington, uh, Kentucky. And uh, this is a flyweight contest. She's going to be taking on Sarah Hayes, 0-2, out of KMAA. Um, Sarah generally would be a 105 to 115, so giving up a little bit of size potentially in this. Uh, but she's got some pretty good wrestling from what I've seen and even though at 0-2 she's fought pretty tough competition she fought um, she fought in the UMAF uh, thing uh, a couple years back and and, and lost to uh, Cody Wareham who is who is really good who ended up being like a national champion and, and is a pro now and maybe like the Alaska champion as a pro so you know she's fought really tough uh, tough competition so her record could be misleading there uh, let's start off this time with Greg I don't know a whole lot about really either one of them, but Sarah Hayes has been going. You saying she's coming from a, a couple of tough law, you know, a tough loss against a really high caliber opponent, and she's fighting that kind of caliber opponent on her debut fights. So I think that they've got some, uh, they've got something, you know, they've got something, and they believe in her for some reason. So I'm going to get to go with her, Sarah Hayes. Okay, Greg Hopkins starts us off with Sarah Hayes next. Let's go to Mark Laws. I'm also going to go with Sarah Hayes. Yeah, I remember that fight against Cody Wareham. Cody Wareham's pretty put together, man. And, uh, yeah, we're going with Hayes. Yeah, and if I remember, it wasn't just a, I, I, it wasn't just a whitewashing. You know, she, she got, she got beat, but like it wasn't like she just ran through her. She was somewhat competitive. So, uh, you know, tough, tough for sure. Uh, Jeff Hobbs. Was that the, uh, the fight up in the gym up there in East Tennessee? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, so that wasn't a cakewalk for Cody. Um, you know, regardless of the 0-2 record, I, you know, I think some of these girls at, at KMAA, kind of like with Taylor this last fight, you know, 
obviously a definitely upside down record, but I don't know. It just, it just makes them hungry, you know. And uh, uh, I think Sarah's probably training hard, wanting that first win. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Sarah Hayes as well. All right. So Jeff uh, also goes with Sarah Hayes. Uh, let's finish it off with David. I'm going with uh, I'm going with Sarah. Uh, she's got the ring experience, being in there two times. Um, I remember watching that fight at the Nationals against Cody. Cody's a tough chick. I'm a big fan of uh, watching her fights, and uh, I think yeah, Sarah's going to come in motivated, ready to uh, ready to get after it, get the win. And uh, I'm going with Sarah. Clean sweep. The panel goes with Sarah Hayes to get that first win uh, at Valor 55. Moving on to the top half of the card, uh, these start getting real interesting. Uh, we've got featherweight Sean Hammond making his debut out of Blaylock's IMB down in Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia, Chattanooga area, taking on Nick Wigley, 1-0 out of KMAA, Knoxville. Uh, Wigley made his debut at the last Shed show in August. He knocked out Bud Cook pretty quick. Uh, quick turnaround for him. I know that he is the instructor at the Taekwondo, the TTJC Taekwondo School down in Maryville, so he's got uh, a striking background there. Uh, Sean Hammond, not a lot known about him. I know he's a, he's a bit older. He looks like he's in, he's put together pretty good. He is a transplant from Las Vegas. Uh, he trained with Extreme Couture out there before he joined up with Blaylocks here, so a bit of a mystery, you know. Uh, he's done some grappling, but uh, hasn't competed yet, and he's already, I want to say he's in his late 30s. Uh, let's start off this time uh, with oh, let's put Jeff on the spot. Mm, yeah, well, uh, Sean Hammond, black belt out of Nashville MMA. Like, yeah, right. Like, <laughs> not to be confused. Uh, oh, okay. It's not the same one. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah. All right. Um, you know, I would have gone Wiggly. You told me this guy's in his late 30s. I'm going with man strength, man. It's a real thing. He's okay. got his old man strength. So uh, I'm going with Sean Hammond out of Blaylocks. All right. Jeff Hobbs starts us off with Sean Hammond. Next, let's go to, uh, let's go to Mark. Man, as impressive as I was with Wiggly in his uh, debut, I mean, he, he's quick, he hits hard. And something that stands out as him, kid, is probably because of the white belt in, in Nashville. It has the same damn name. And uh, so, <laughs> Jesus, man. I, you know, I never discount anybody from Blaylocks. They're very well trained and usually pretty put together. But as much as grown man's friends, there's a real thing so speed and power, and that shit can't be taught. I'm going with Wiggly. All right, Mark Laws evens it up one-to-one with Nick Wigley. Uh, let's go to uh, Greg. Uh, how old did you say that Hammond was? I want to say, I wanna say he's, he's either 37 or maybe 38. 37, 38, and Wigley's how old? Oh, uh, I guess he's probably mid-20s, early 20s. He looks mm. about 17. <laughs> <laughs> he said, yeah. Well... How, is Blaylock, that's the only Blaylock's got a couple guys that got started on this car too. Yeah. Uh, and I know that I know that Blaylock's they come ready for every fight. They they got a bunch of good fighters that, that they just keep on recycling through there. Uh, you know, coming they've off, all they've coming been off around. the 0-2 night at the Coliseum, they may have a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, well, uh, one of those 0-2 was actually in the start event. He's he'll be back to avenge that loss. I mean, not not against it, I guess you know, but. Uh, Another debut opponent, and Nick Wigley don't have anything to go off of. Uh, I'm going to go with – I'm going to have to go with Wigley here too. Greg Hopkins goes with Nick Wigley. It makes it 2-1. David Robbins. 
Um, you said Sean Hammond did some training at Extreme Couture. Is that right? Yes. Take that with a grain of salt, man. You know how that goes. Gotcha, right? Um, you know, I, oh, I know who Sean Hammond is now. Okay. Um, I remember. It's him. not. It's not the bike belt in Nashville. No, 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 no. Um, Sean Hammond. He's like. Uh, is he kind of shorter, black dude? Yep. I probably should have okay. let you. I probably should have let you give the explanation of the vibe because you probably know him better than me. <laughs> okay, I know him now. I know exactly who he is. He's athletic, dude. He might be thirty-seven or whatever, but uh, him and his wife popped in one day, and uh, uh, she trained. And I know how tough his wife is, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Sean Hammond, bro. All right, two to two. I like it. Split panel on this one. That means we get us a, a, a good coin toss fight. That's what I like. Moving on, uh, about 10 MMA, lightweight, 155 pounds. We've got the debuting Ethan Robinson out of G1 Martial Arts in Barnell, Georgia. Uh, they, they've come up and fought one time before. It's been a minute. It's been a couple of years since they brought anybody up. Um, he is a debut. He's taking on the Sea Goat, Anthony Cochran, one and one, KMAA. This will be actually Anthony's first Valor fight. He fought and lost on the Alabama card that Sam did, and then he won. Um, on the card out there in Lebanon that they did uh, in the summer. So uh, it'll be the first time we've seen him on Ballard. He's, I have seen him fight, though, at the Alabama show. He's scrappy. He's, he's really, he comes forward and, you know, uh, he, you know, he, he definitely, he's going to, you know, go out on his shield if he goes out. Um, and of course, Ethan Robinson, not a whole lot known about him, um, him being a debut. Um, he's, uh, like I said, out of G1 Martial Arts, uh, white belt, I believe, I was told. So um, that's all I got for you. <laughs> Let's start with David Robinson. He's just a white belt in jiu-jitsu? Yes. Oh, wow. That's kind of early. Uh, so I'm going with the Seagoat, man. He's got the experience, and I just like that name. It's pretty that's good. awesome. <laughs> David starts us off with a, a pick for Anthony Cochran. Let's go next to uh, Greg Hopkins. I'm just going to go with this man because of the Seagoat nickname, too. I know nothing about either one of them, and I just like that nickname. That's pretty cool out there, the Seagoat. I want to know where that nickname came from. Yeah, yeah. That, that, we, we need to have a Seagoat on the show at some point. <laughs> uh, let's go to uh, Mark. Seagoat. Seagoat. <laughs> Marcos the Seagull, that's three. And uh, we round it off with Jeff Hobbs. Yeah, I saw that kid. <clears throat> I saw the kid in his debut in, in Lebanon in that little uh, pop up promotion. And uh, I was impressed because he comes out with like the uh, Jack Sparrow, Captain Jack uh, pirate hat. Yeah. Uh, on in that. Yeah, and he even had his own t shirts on his debut. So uh, I'm definitely going Seagull. All right. That is a, uh, that is a clean sweep. For the Seagoat, Anthony Cochran, to, uh, to 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 get his record to the plus side, uh, you know, on the on the right side of 500 here over Ethan Robinson of G1 Martial Arts, and uh, that brings us to our next one, and uh, this is another good one. It's uh, featherweights. Andrew Sturdivant. We just saw him fight at the Coliseum. He uh, he drops a submission loss in the second round to Dylan D'Angelo to drop to one and two out of Blaylock's IMB. Chattanooga, Tennessee, Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia, whichever you want to say. Uh, very athletic, uh, arguably won the first round versus Dylan D'Angelo. Good, really good striking. Uh, just played the game too long with a really tricky guy on the ground and got caught. 
well, he was very adamant that he wanted a quick turnaround here, uh, took no damage in the fight, and he is going to come in on short notice to take on Garrett Sharp, 2-0 and out of KMAA. Uh, he debuted on the Alabama card that we've been talking about, and then he fought again at the Cotton Eye Joe uh, in November, and he got a submission victory over Taylor Wilson that night. So he's 2-0. and uh, Young kid, uh, good talent from both of the – they're both youngsters here. Uh, let's start off this time. Uh, let's let – Mark started. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Man, I don't I've seen all of their fights and uh they're sharp. It's you almost seen, yeah, you've seen both of these guys, all of both of these guys' fights. Yes, I think. Good. So Sharp he's got a pretty decent submission. It makes me almost wonder if Sturvet doesn't doesn't take, go to jiu-jitsu class that often. I, I don't know, but he's definitely type of shit. And he's you know, coming off that loss, I feel like he's more motivated. This is a pick and fight for me. I'm going to have to lean on Derek Sharp for this one. All right. Mark starts us off with Garrett Sharp. Let's go to David Robin. Oh, man. Don't sleep on this fight, dude. This is going to be a good one. Um, Andrew, you know, he's coming in on a quick turnaround, so I know he's hungry. Uh, he wants to get a win. Um, I've done a lot of training with Garrett. Garrett's the better grappler. Um, Andrew's the better striker. Uh, I'm going to go with Garrett, though. All right. That's two to nothing now. David Robbins goes to Garrett Sharp as well. Let's go now to uh, Greg Hopkins. Uh, Andrew Sturdivant just got done fighting, and uh, he had a damn – it was like a ragdoll match. Both of them were wrestling. Just It was more of a wrestling technical battle than anything. Real good scratch. Do what? Real good scrambles. Yeah, yeah. The, the, but and, and, and the only thing I'm looking for starting, he's still young, and uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to make that transition in composing himself and really like holding the gas in the tank for the right time to let it loose. I don't know if he's you know matured in a week and a half to two weeks to get it done against somebody like Garrett Sharp. So I've got to go with Garrett Sharp for the winner. Three nothing for Garrett Sharp. Jeff Hobbs. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I agree. I like Sturdivant, uh, you know, trying to hurry up and get that taste out of his mouth. Uh, what I'm afraid of is he's just so balls to the wall um, that he's kind of reckless. And when you got Sharp with the ground game that uh, we know he's got, um, I think Sturdivant's just going to be, I think he's just going to be careless uh, and, and get caught. So I'm going Garrett Sharp as well. Clean sweep uh, in what could still be one of the closest fights of the night, I think. Uh, this one is one that I think if you were putting a Vegas line on it, it wouldn't be too far gapped, you know. So uh, excited for that one. Uh, moving on, we've got our final uh, or ship back to tie. It'll be advanced tie rules, though. A couple experienced guys. And this one should be fun. Two, two guys known for, for good striking. Daquan Sutton out of Newport Combat Club and Pantera Fitness out of Morristown, Tennessee. He's undefeated uh, in kickboxing, and he's been on a roll in MMA, too. He's really a, a nice young prospect. He's 3-0 and in kickboxing with a couple knockouts taking on Brandon Quindry. 5-1 and in tie. Uh, he's got quite a bit of experience also in MMA. I think his record's upside down in MMA. But he's got a lot of experience. He's really tall. He's like literally six foot tall at, at, at like 135, 140 pounds. So he's going to have a really uh, probably noticeable height and reach advantage. Uh, fighting out of Shield Systems in Knoxville, a transplant there, formerly of Team TKO, back when Tim Kitts was around. 
you know, Quindry's a guy that's been around for a long time, but he's just very sporadic, to say the least, in, in competing. You know, you may see him once every year and a half or so. So uh, Sutton's definitely been the more active guy. Uh, it's it's an it's a really, really good fight, I think. And again, that this would be advanced high rules, so no headgear. Uh, they'll be able to throw the elbows, and um, it'll be a, a really exciting fight, I think, leading into the, the meat of the MMA card. I'm going to let uh, David Robbins get us started. Um, Newport Combat Club is kind of like the Black Lion Studios, man. Um, they've impressed me. Um, every one of the guys have, you know, been doing really well for themselves lately. Uh, however, I don't think he's going to be good enough yet to uh, take on Quindry. He's 5-1. Like you said, he's giant, well, tall, long reach. Um, I think that's going to be the key to, uh, to this fight, um, going with Quindry. All right, David Robbins starts us off with one for Quindry. Next, let's go to Jeff Hobbs. Um, I'd usually agree with all those things David said about the reach and stuff. I mean, that's a small cage. I don't know if he's going to have, you know, the space to use his reach. And, uh, you know, I just feel like Sutton's going to just kind of, you know, come forward and close the distance and and keep it uh, – you know, both feet in the tire kind of match. Uh, so I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that uh, Sutton uh, keeps their bodies close and uh, works the body a little bit. I'm going Sutton. I like it. One to one. Daquan Sutton is the pick for Jeff Hobbs. Now let's go to Greg Hawkins. Uh, that Brandon's one loss. Who do we do we know who it's to? Ooh-wee, man. I want to say that it uh, – man, don't quote me on this. This is me pulling something – a fact completely out of my ass, with, but I'm good at this sometimes. It's been, I believe, in one of those one-night tur- – you, you remember we used to do those eight-man one-night tournaments uh, yeah. uh, back in the day, and I want to say he fought in one of those, and I believe George Arellano beat him by decision. Okay, well, I'm going to go with Brandon, too, on that one. Then. He's got five, five wins with one, I think, learning experience. Against a guy that's three and zero in an up and coming gym, out of Morristown, Tennessee. That's a small town out there. Uh, they probably like they probably are like black, black line students. Probably not a whole lot of people that can you know that come around. But uh, the ones that they do get in there are tough and gritty. I mean, with three and zero with two knockouts, you know you got to be you got to be good. So, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Brandon on this one. Okay, that makes it two to one. As we uh, go to Mark Laws to round it out. Whoa, man. You know, Brandon Quinter is one tall fellow, man. But you know who else is tall, guys? Fucking Chris Buttry. Yeah. Daquan Sutton is like yeah. a teammate and chief training partner. Guess what, yeah. guys? Daquan is born again fucking hard. He is coming out and swinging for the damn benches every time. Daquan Sutton gets this shit done. Mark it. All right. <laughs> we, got a split, we got a split panel again, two to two on this one. I love it. Uh, going next to a welterweight bout. Now, this was a last-minute change. Uh, we had a uh, – originally, this was supposed to be Caleb Miller. Uh, and uh, Caleb uh, has pulled out this week, uh, and his brother, Josh Miller, is going to take his place. Uh, this will be his debut fight out of KMAA, of course. Uh, he's taking on Ryan McCullough, who is out of G1 Martial Arts in Barnell, Georgia, teammate of Ethan Robinson, who we spoke about earlier. Uh, this fight originally supposed to be a 155 versus Caleb. Now it's been bumped up to 170 last minute uh, versus Josh Miller. Um, not a whole lot known, again, about uh, McCullough, but I do see here that he, he is, he's only 5'4". So there's probably going to be a high differential. He did wrestle in high school, but 
him, Stripe White Belt, and BJJ. Um, and uh, again, Ryan has some has some uh, wrestling experience from high school, uh, taking on uh, Josh Miller, who I don't believe has any prior experience beyond uh, his KMAA training. So this one's kind of interesting, man. And McCall at five four, you know, I have to in, in fighting at one seventy here. Um, I have to imagine he's going to be built like a brick shit house. Uh, let's start with Jeff Hobbs. Mm. Until you said brick shit house, I knew what I was doing. Uh, no, but you know, I'm not even. I'm not. Uh, you know, this fight was at 155, so I, I doubt that that weight he's putting on is uh, is natural weight necessarily at five four. Yes. Um, hell, I watched New Jack City today. Am I my brother's keeper? Josh Miller is going to come in uh, for his brother here, and uh, he's going to take care of business. I'm going Josh Miller. Jeff Hobbs starts us off with the KMAA pick. Josh Miller next. Let's go to Mark. Do we know if he's older or younger brother? I feel like he's the older brother. Mm, that's hard to bet against, man. Then again, it's hard to bet against a five-four wrestler who's built like a brick shit house too. Of course, right. he may show up to be pudgy as shit. Who knows? It's a pick and five for me, but I got to lean on Josh Miller just for stepping up. Josh uh, Miller is the pick for Mark Ball as well. It makes it two to nothing. Let's go to uh, let's go to David Robbins. Um, did you say Ryan is a one stripe white belt? Did you just yes. Uh, okay, got you. And but he's a wrestler too. Yes, where he's got wrestling right. experience as well. And also, I, I pulled up that the message just for, so everybody knows. Uh, I pulled up the message from his coach that was kind of giving me the, the rundown on these two. That the aforementioned Ethan Robinson that is fighting uh, the Sea Goat. He is a two stripe white belt. Okay. Uh, yeah, got you. All right. So if he's a one stripe white belt, he's not done very much jujitsu, but he's wrestled too. You know, uh, Josh Miller's a blue belt. Uh, got couple years of uh, jiu-jitsu in. Uh, wrestlers tend to come forward, you know, kind of just jump into submissions when they leave the head out or they let an arm get out. Um, I'm going to go with Josh's jiu-jitsu. All right. Yeah. David Robbins goes with Josh Miller as well. Uh, let's round it out with Greg Hopkins. Uh, that, I'm looking at Ryan over here, and every I want to second everything David's saying. Yeah, I like jujitsu is uh, is the kryptonite to a wrestler, and it is. But uh, Ryan, where did he, is Varnell? Is that in Dalton, Georgia? I know it's got to be. I mean, they told me that they're only an hour and a half away from Knoxville, so they've got to be just like right on the line. Yeah, yeah, I think that's where that's at. And uh, so he must have went. If it, and I'm, I'm basing this pick right here. Like, it's off of, if he went to Dalton High School, then he was trained in wrestling by Michael, Michael and Josh Keith. And both of those guys are, uh, you know, D1. One of the D1 All American, the other one's a national, multiple time national qualifier in Division One wrestling. So he's, if that's who it is, he's coming from a good, a really strong wrestling base is where he's coming from. But since he's coming from that, I'm looking. At what David said about wrestlers are really, you know, you know, they're capable of of, of leaving a limb out somewhere to get caught up in, and uh, that's what I'm going to go with too, is uh, Josh's jujitsu on this one. All right, that is a clean sweep for the KMAA product. Uh, for, Since it's the uh, joke, and I announce him as 
brick shit house, Ryan McCall? I don't know if that's a compliment or not. I, I mean, I, I feel like you <laughs> say that in the most endearing way that I can. I'm trying to say that the guy's probably going to be like put together and probably hard to, to do a whole lot with. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we're brick in the announce him as that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sure, I might have a date afterwards if I do. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I was kind of trying to just like look the guy up here. It looks like, um, uh, let's see, it looks like he wrestled. Um, I'm I'm finding it as quickly as I can, guys. Just so just so we know everything that we can know about the guy. But it looks like he did go to state at least in 2016. And um, ah shit, changing my changing my vote now. Yeah, right. I don't know <laughs> if that matters to anybody or not, but I was just trying to find like what school he was with, um, like on what, what if it was like class A or if it was uh, you know. A high. Does it have the name of the school? I'm 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 kind of looking through it as quickly as I can, but I just it's so many freaking names that it's um, I don't know I can't find it, man. Never mind. But I but I but he's listed somewhere in here. I'm just wasting time. Tim, before we go before we go any further, Tim, what about last picks? What what was the what were we what were we looking like on last picks? Oh man, I wish I fuck. I didn't. I didn't uh, calculate everything up. But I think that you had to be very, very, very close. I, mean, you, I know I stole you, some. I know yeah, I stole so some. You're like one of the only ones that took. Like, that took oh, I found him. He's class three A uh, for Coahuila Creek. Coahuila Creek. Yeah. 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 They had a pretty tough coach, Brent Raby, there too. He really works works with those kids real well. Uh, oh man. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm still gonna go with Josh on that one. Okay. Um, yeah, man. So we got Cool Creek's got a pretty tough program, man. <clears throat> Moving on, we've got uh, the fight that a lot of the crowd's gonna be there for, I think, and it's always fun with the females. We talked to her earlier. Chloe Padilla makes her long-awaited MMA debut at a KMAA in Knoxville, Tennessee. Daughter of Frankie Padilla, Frankie's Body Shop. They do a lot of the strength and conditioning for the athletes at KMAA. Uh, taking on Mary Rosenbeck. Uh, she is 0-2 at a Next Generation MMA in uh, Marshall County, Alabama. She's already fought a couple times. Um, she just debuted a few months back, but she's been staying busy, and she's fighting tough girls, and uh, even though she's lost, she's going she's going the rounds, so she's getting a lot of experience out there, so she won't have those jitters, and uh, you know, she's excited about coming in and, and, and learning and getting more experience, so I'm, I'm pumped for this one, too. Uh, let's start off with Mark. Jesus yes, Christ. Ronnie. Yes, Jesus Christ. All right. Man, the last time that I picked a KMA versus a, a semi-more serious guy from, from Alabama was Sam McAlpin versus her dad. So, Jesus. I'm going to go on a linger and say Rosenbeck gets it done, man. Mark Laws with a flyer out there goes with Mary Rosenbeck with that Alabama slamma. Uh, let's go to Jeff Hobbs. No, don't let me go second. Shit. Uh, uh, man, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with Mark on the, you know, I think that was one of the things with Frankie when, when he, you know, debuted yeah. in his match. It's a lot of pressure, you know, a lot of tickets sold, a lot of people there, just like you said, Tim. Like the majority of the crowd's probably there for Chloe, uh, just with her connection with the gym and and KMAA. Um, it's a lot of pressure on your first fight uh, to live up to that. And this other girl's not going to be shook by any pressure at all. She's been in there, 
I don't know how she lost, but I mean, hell, she, she got her ass beat twice. She knows what that's about. She ain't afraid <laughs> to get beat. Um, you know what I'm saying? She's not afraid to get beat. Uh, Sam McAlpin was 0-4, by the way, when he came in. Oh, man. You're right. You're right. Um, damn it. Can't I go last? Yeah. I don't I don't live there. I don't have to deal with this. So um, I'm going to go with the experience as well. I'm going with Mary Rosenbeck. And, and I hope that Chloe proves me wrong, though. Let, let it me go too, on record. I hope uh, I'll put out there. Both, of, hope both she, of Rosenbeck's uh, losses were by decision. Uh, by decision. Oh, so she's even going the distance, too. Yeah, she's on the rounds. Yeah. Okay, so it's two. Prove nine. me wrong, Chloe. Prove <laughs> me wrong. Let's go. Uh, to, yeah, go to Greg Hopkins next. Greg, we we spoke to Chloe earlier. Yeah, fuck what they're talking about on Mary. I'm gonna go with Chloe on that. Girl's got like nine sponsors, man. She's obviously doing <laughs> something right. And I mean, I know she's staying busy, and she's got everybody came in with her. Fuck what y'all talking about. We're gonna go with Chloe on this one. Greg Hopkins goes with Chloe Badia, David Robbins. You know, I, Mary's going to be uh, she's going to be a tough chick. You know, she's not going to go down easy for Chloe. Um, she's got she's got experience. She's been in there twice, but what she doesn't have is a gr- large uh, group of high level professional women's fighters to train with and help her get ready like Chloe does. Chloe's got a lot of good training partners, um, and she is going to she's going with much tougher girls than uh, Mary's used to going with, and uh, you know. She's always at the gym. Conditioning is going to be there. I'm going with Chloe. Two to two. I'll tell you what, this has been one of the, this has been one of those picks panels where it's been like one way or the other. It's either four to nothing or two to two. And there's been a lot of two to twos, which is a good sign. Uh, feature bout up next. This is another good one. Uh, 195 pounds catch weight. Chris, no love, bud tree, three and two out of the local legends camp. Rogersville, Tennessee, he's been doing a lot. We talked to Chris earlier tonight, too. Uh, he's been doing a lot of cross-training, he says, with the group up in Kingsport and also um, at, with uh, the Newport Combat Club guys. Um, and he is uh, coming off a couple straight losses uh, to the same guy. Good Lord, I can't remember that kid's name, but he's really tall. Um, crap. Ah, I suck at this. But anyway, the guy that beat him uh, was is like freaking six seven or some shit. <laughs> and he's and he's pretty good. And uh, Chris took those fights on. You know, the first one he took like on super short notice, like twenty four hours. That day. That day. And it was like really good. It, like Chris was, you know, arguably winning the five, but he, he slowed down at the end. And as I was talking to Chris earlier, he's one of these guys that that is physically so gifted, but he's just got to get it into his mind how good he is. And so he was telling us he's been working a lot on his mental aspect of things. And so uh, he's going to have all he wants with uh, Rodrigo Martinez, two and one KMAA, coming off one of the craziest fights I've ever seen live, especially uh, on the amateur level at the uh, fight night at the shed. He fought James Arden in a fight that was just rock'em sock'em robots. Uh, so he has shown a uh, proclivity to to strike and stand and bang, which is what Chris Buttrick will want to do as well. 195 pound athletic guys wanting to bang. Uh, who's got it, David? Uh, you know, Chris has been the one. I've, I've watched him since he started. Um, he's a really, really good guy. Um, good striking. But like you said, Chris is in his head a lot, and that's going to be the downfall in this. Rodrigo, in that last fight that he had, he came in there to fucking scrap, dude. And oh, yes. I remember I sat there right beside you, and that fight was going on. And I'm like, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> non-stop fucking violence. And when Rodrigo comes out with that fucking pressure, puts it on Chris, 
Chris is uh, going to crack, bro. I'm going Martinez. David Robbins starts it out with a pick for Martinez. Next, let's go to uh, Greg Hopkins. Yeah, man, those two losses on a Butchery's record came from uh, Cooper, Bailey Cooper. Bailey Cooper, yes, yes. Yeah, both of those losses came from him. And uh, like you said, arguably, we went in all three rounds with him. Well, I'm sure not all three rounds, but he went to the third round in both of those fives. And uh, he was on a good 3-0 and run, you know, on his amateur amateur record up until those two fives. And, uh, but, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Where are we at here? I lost my place. Right here, we're going. Uh, I'm, but like you said, with uh, Martinez, though, they're both the stand, they're both stand-up guys right there. And uh, like you said, Martinez is going to throw for the fences from the get-go. You may see a quick knockout here. But the thing is, Chris Butchery, he's he's more of a technical striker. When when you right, I'm going to go with Martinez on this just because of the two losses. And like you said, he's in his head a lot. And uh, we talked to him earlier. He said he's been working a lot on his ground game. And uh, I, when I mentioned his uh, conditioning, he uh, he said he, he really didn't mention a whole lot of change up for that. So I think he's really sticking to the stand-up game. And against for uh, Rodrigo, that's probably not the best idea. So Martinez is who my pick is. Two to nothing now for Martinez. Next, let's go to Jeff Hobbs. Uh, yeah, I like. Uh, I really like watching Rodrigo Martinez fight. Uh, I was. You know, completely unfamiliar with the guy uh, until uh, recently, and um, uh, yeah, Chris uh, Chris gets no love from me tonight. I'm going Martinez. Reading nothing now for the KMA product, and uh, let's finish off with Mark Laws. Mm. Jesus, Rodrigo comes bang, man. He's legit as shit. I, I really love the way he he traps. Um, Unfortunately, Bailey Cooper is uh, is is an anomaly kind of. Um, I think Chris Butcher gets this shit thing, and I'm gonna fuck the rest of these dudes up. Watch this, Chris Butcher. Chris Butcher, you heard it here first from Mark Laws, the lone dissenter, putting his uh, his hat in with Chris Noah Butcher. And now for the co-main event, we're gonna crown a 155 uh, champion. The belts are in; they're looking great. Uh, somebody's gonna love taking one of these bad boys home. And we've got two undefeated fighters. We've got uh, two three and zero undefeated fighters. Joe, uh, Captain Joe Bradley, three and zero out of X Three Sports in Atlanta, Georgia. Greg and I talked to him just a little bit earlier. He is going to be taking on the uh, the. Also undefeated 3-0, Joseph Long, formerly Cosbo, now he's Rambo, American Killer Bees, Cleveland, Tennessee, trained by our picks panelist here, David Robbins, who I'm sure will be somewhat biased in his assessment. <laughs> uh, Joe Bradley, though, is uh, no joke, man. Both of these guys are very talented everywhere. Uh, Joe Bradley can grapple. Uh, Joseph Long can grapple. Joe Bradley uh, has got one-punch knockout power. Joseph Long, very technical kickboxer, a world champion kickboxer now. Um, man, it's it's going to be really good. I didn't know Joe Bradley wrestled uh, a year for the club program at Auburn until earlier when we spoke to him. So he's not just a hitter, although that is what we have seen him do. He knocked out Brandon Williamson uh, in a in a knockout of the year candidate, or I guess it's been year before last. But uh, still, uh, this is really going to be good. Whoever gets this win uh, will certainly have earned that strap. Uh, let's start with let's just start with what we already know, David. <laughs> um, well. Joseph, you know, obviously gonna gonna be my pick. He's been with me all three years. Um, he's been with me from the very beginning before his first fight. You know, in the last couple of years, I've gotten him uh, eleven kickboxing matches. He's went ten and one with seven knockouts, three and zero in MMA with three finishes. Uh, he's got a lot more ring experience than Joe Bradley, um, but Joe's gonna be very tough. And uh, 
he's gonna he's gonna give us some problems uh, in the grappling. But Joseph's got good jujitsu too, and I think that uh, he's gonna be able to handle that as well. So no matter where the fight goes, I got Joseph Long. All right, not surprising. David Robbins goes with his boy Joseph Long. He'll be in the corner, of course. Next, let's go to uh, Jeff Hobbs. Yeah, um, let's see here. I don't know. Joseph Long's uh, comes from a pretty shitty gym. Um, <laughs> coach hey, man. fuck you, dude. Coach <laughs> is What's that about? Man, hey, what uh, what'd you say his nickname was? Rambo. Uh, Rambo. Rambo. It Rambo. Was, okay. It was My Cosby. It was. As in Bill? Yeah. As in yeah, Bill. After yeah. all the Bill Cosby stuff happened, we had to cut that one. <laughs> Okay, hold on, because let me backspace here, because we still got Cosby in here. I'm not Rambo. He just told me that literally like three hours ago. Rambo Joe. Rambo Joe. Rambo Joe. Okay, let me make a change here on my card here. (laughs) Man, here's the thing. Uh, Joseph Long reminds me of a damn, uh, what's his name, on American Psycho. He's the most unassuming, (laughs) comes in with his glasses on, and then they'll turn on the Huey Lewis in the news and straight murder your ass with an axe, you know? Um, so I've enjoyed watching him just because mentally, when I see him come to the cage, I always think uh, he's going to lose. This is the one he's going to lose, you know, and then he never does. And they're exciting fights. Um, I like the X3 uh, crew down there. They always seem to, you know, bring talent when they come uh, to Valor. But... Um, I just, like I said, I like Joseph Long's demeanor. I just like how quiet he is. He looks like, you know, when I see him at fight cards, it looks like David brought his little nephew or his cousin to the fights to watch. <laughs> and you and you never look at this nephew. kid and know that, yeah, and you never know that this kid is a damn straight killer. So I'm going uh, Joseph Long as well. Jeff Hobbs goes with Cousin Joe. And, uh, of course, that'll bring us next. Let's go to Mark. Jesus. Man, I gave it to you third. I appreciate that, boss. <laughs> <laughs> as much shit as Joseph Long gave me the last time I didn't fucking pick his ass, I'm not hearing this shit no more. I'm done with it. <laughs> I love Joe Bradley. I love all the next three guys. Some of my favorite humans on this planet. But Joseph Long gets this shit done. American Killer Bees all the way. Oh, my. That makes it three. Uh, Greg Hopkins, you going to rock the boat? Hey, uh, yeah. Joe Bradley went over his uh his, his his fights outside the ring and everything and uh and and whatnot. So he's like one and zero off the Auburn campus and whatnot. And he dressed <laughs> for the club team over there. Uh, he, he seemed to be a real 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 cool dude and everything when we interviewed him earlier or anything. But other than that, I don't know him. And uh, uh, I know he's beat a couple of decent decent decently good fighters too. On top of that, and uh, thing I do know is Joseph Cosby Long and uh, I, I didn't. I knew I, I, he, he had that one Cosby shirt before. I guess he changed his name. It was really cool. Said Joseph Cosby Long. That was awesome. And uh, <laughs> but while y'all are talking about uh, nicknames, I, I mean we already know what his nickname is. It's Joseph the Milkman Long. That's what he looks like. He looks like <laughs> that is for, for back he in the forties. It would bring your milkman to your to your door. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, <laughs> this this spot. This fight in the main event are the two two fights that I, I'm really I'm really hard to pick here because you're both looking at a a potential fight of the night and uh, the ground game is where I see Joe Bradley excelling but like Daniel said 
I'm, I'm sorry, not Daniel, but David said he's got a lot more ring experience than Joe Bradley. And uh, I'm going to be biased here. I think this is going to be a really good fight. I said I'm going to be biased because I've trained with Joseph and I know what Joseph's got to offer, and I know his ground game. His ground game isn't isn't no like subpar. It's pretty good. Like so, I, I'm going to go with uh, Cosby. I'm sorry, Rambo, Milkman on this one. That's what I'm going to go with. All right, so it's a clean sweep for the panel for Rambo Joe Long uh, to take home that vacant Valor strap over Joe Bradley. We'll see if he can get it done. Uh, And, of course, that gets us to the main event. It is a rematch from a fight of the year candidate from last year, and this will be for the vacant 170 strap. And it's going to be a bad time. Trevin, uh, Tevin Brown out of Kings MMA, uh, as we've said before, the nephew of Quentin Rampage Jackson. He's 4-1 and one, coming off a win at the Shed uh, in August and also uh, a win over Trevor Peak by a decision, a very, very close decision. Uh, I want to say that was in April. Uh, since that time, uh, it, he'll be taking on you – know, I don't know if I just said this one. He's taking on Trevor Peak. Who uh, who uh, is coming off a couple wins himself? His last loss was to uh, Tevin Brown, but a lot of people thought that he won that fight. And since then, he's had two big wins uh, that have uh, catapulted him back into the picture. He's really improved his wrestling, and um, he's just a juggernaut. He comes forward. He's so strong and powerful and great chin. And then you've got Tevin, who's just a, a Big one, like like I said, we we talked to Tevin earlier too. He's one of the biggest 170 amateurs that I've seen. And if you saw him at Cotton Eye Joe in November, he was like 200 pounds plus. Uh, he, he sheds that off and 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 gets down to 170. Um, he he and he and he's just and he's got he's got power. He's got wrestling. Uh, we we know this one will deliver. It's delivered once before. I think that both guys have improved since. So really excited for this one. Uh, who gets to go first? Let's go with. Uh, let's go with Greg. Uh, you have at the Cotton Eye Joe this Friday. You have like 14 debut fighters. You're going to have so many fights, so many knockouts, so many submissions. You're going to go on throughout this fight. I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of fights go the distance. The main event, I think, is going to bring in one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest, uh, you know, crowds that Cotton Eye Joe has seen in a long time with Trevor Peak. Uh, he's got himself a uh, fan base out of, you know, he's got some in Knoxville, he's got some in Kentucky, he's got some around the Chattanooga area and Alabama. Kevin Badtown Brown is a widely known dude. Uh, I mean, his uncle's uh, Quentin, ja- you know, or um, uh, Rampage Jackson. He gets to talk to him on a, you know, with regular basis and, you know, get his input and his, uh, his you know, pick his brain apart from MMA knowledge and whatnot. But uh, the last time they fought, the edge went to uh, – uh, Tevin Brown, because I think at the end of the fight, you know, Trevor threw him in a headlock, but then Tevin ended up out up on top. And I think that is really what gave him the edge in the judge's eyes throughout the whole fight. And since then, Trevor said he's been working on his wrestling. He's been working on a bunch of different things, and he's changed his whole life up, and he's got a routine schedule, and he's not just coming off the couch for this fight. Tevin, bad time. Brown, on the other hand, I'm not sure how much serious he's taking Trevor Peak as an opponent. And I'll tell you right now, I took Trevor for granted whenever I fought him, and I didn't. I really didn't train as much as I should, and I should have because I got I got uh, I got TKO'd in the fourth round, and uh, I think that Trevor's actually going to come through and win this fight, uh, mm-hmm. and I think you'll. I, and, and if anything, I don't know. I don't think that this fight goes to a decision. I, I, I don't think. I think this fight's going to going to end end uh, end in the second round probably, but I'm thinking Trevor Peak for my win in the in the main event. Oh shit, son! 
All right, so so the pick for Greg Hopkins is Trevor Peak. He says he gets it done by finish. Uh, next, let's go to uh, let's go to Jeff Hobbs. Um, I am gonna say, you know, we had a, a razor sharp decision the first time they fought. Um, let's play some mind psyche here. I'm thinking Tevin is coming in thinking I won the last fight. I don't need to change anything up. Trevor's going to come in this fight feeling that he still won the fight, but know what he needs to change to make sure that that doesn't happen to him again a second time. Uh, so I'm also going to go Trevor Peak, red corner, uh, sending the crowd home. But hell, uh, the way it sounds, though, uh, the crowd may be there for Trevor. So um, I'm going to go red corner. Trevor Peak winning the main event. We've had a lot of red corner picks from the panel tonight. It is rare. Uh, that's a sign of that's a sign of an exciting uh, fight card, though. Let's uh, let's go next to uh, Mark Laws. You know both these guys well. Ooh, super well. That first fight was that banger, man. I mean, I kind of echo what Greg said. I feel like that that headlock at the end is kind of what gave Kevin the edge, and you know, he had to close that decision. However, Kevin looked great at that last show, man. He, he looked fantastic. But Trevor Big, man, that kid is born again hard, man. I I see it going farther than, than the end of the second round, but Trevor Pig gets this one done and uh postpones his pro debut to get the rubber match to get the two or the one one out of the way. Trevor Peak wins the spot. Three to nothing for the panel so far for that red corner, Trevor Peak. David Robbins, close it out. All right, uh Kevin Brown, he's uh Really impressed me since he's dropped down to uh, to welterweight. Uh, very game opponent, Kings MMA um, in Knoxville has a fantastic gym. But uh, you know, like the rest of the guys, man, I think I'm going to lean towards Trevor here. He uh, he's he's been super impressive lately. Uh, he actually came up uh, and trained with us when we had Ben Askren in town. Uh, he stuck around. He did some sparring. That guy is gritty as shit, dude. That uh-huh. motherfucker is not going to stop uh-huh. coming forward. You know, You're he's coming to scrap. Exactly. He's, he's, he lost the last fight super close. Then Trevor's coming in with a chip on his shoulder. He's, fix, he's made some adjustments in his training. He sticks what he needed to, and uh, he's going get to that, get that win. The panel says it's a clean sweep for the out-of-town Trevor Peak to take home that Valor 170 strap. We'll have to be there to, uh, Friday night to see how it all goes down, uh, and we'll see uh, you know which of our panelists uh, knows their shit the best. Man, I'm really pumped. There are a lot of a lot of fights that we had uh, that we had uh, split two to two. A lot of fights where we had a unanimous decision, even for the out of town corner. So uh, I think that adds up to a really good night of fights. You can catch it live at the Cotton Eye Joe um, Friday night, or uh, you can watch it live on Bauer Facebook and our Twitch channel as well. Thanks so much to our panelists for joining us tonight. Uh, of course, uh, we will be back next week with a recap of everything that goes down this weekend at Valor 55, as well as the UFC card on ESPN+. I'm Tim Loy signing out. Valor Hour episode 100. Wow, we did it. Later. This is a Landry football with Chris Landry. Quick fix on Radio Influence. Sean McVay does a really good job 
of getting defenders move in pre and post snap. So one of the things that I think is going to be pivotal when the Rams have the ball is their pre-snap movement against the Patriots stemming of their front. The more they can manipulate in coverage and the more they can prevent leakage and protection and guys coming after the pocket, the better off the, for, for against golf, the better off they're going to be. Chris Landry brings you Landry football every week on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.